Howard Stern. Anywhere, everywhere. I approve of this show. Sirius XM. Hola amigos, this is Charo. I'm so excited to be part of Howard's Miami House Party. Cuchi cuchi, lala cuchi cuchi. <laughs> On today's show, producer, actress, and Miss World 2000 winner, Priyanka Chopra Jonas. And now, on with the show. Wow! Hmm. I wanted a. I wanted to hear Charo say Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I'm, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. Y'all having a good time out there. Hey, yeah, it's crazy in here in Miami. Hey now, right? Yeah, hey now. right? Hey now, oh Robin, you're only sitting here with me. You have no idea what you're missing. Oh my God. I'm ready to. I'm ready to jump out the window. It's so exciting. Party time. Are you on a high floor? Hey, old Robin, I'm on a high. Not a high floor, a high. <laughs> I see. Hey, old. No, I'm, I'm going to jump out the window only if I'm on a low floor. I don't want to die. <laughs> you know, uh, I must tell you, I've already had so much fun, I'm ready to leave. Uh, sometimes you overload, you know what I mean? When did you get there? Oh, God. I called you for... I was almost in tears, and I called you for some sort of con consoling me and you, you don't pick up your phone ever I'm when done with you, you. I checked my forget phone. it I never you don't know how to work you you've never ever known how to work your phone <laughs> you just don't you lie you didn't call me okay I called you like three now. times all right see if it says Howard called I didn't leave I a message where okay what does it say wait a minute well it won't how many know. times I think over the weekend I called you a couple of times. Well, look, uh, suffice to say you're nowhere to be found. Oh, stop. I don't know what you're busy with. But, uh, oh. no, I was having so much. No, I, I got down here in Florida. I mean, in Miami. Oh, well, when did that happen? I, I'm now I'm calling you. I don't want to call you. I want to see. Don't call that me That was at 720 in the morning? I called you a couple of times. But that's the only one I see. No. I called you in the uh, afternoon on my drive down. Look, you're you, just I'm uh, you what's you're on nowhere. my phone. What are you busy with? All right, don't worry about it. Get off your phone. You're distracting me. But I certainly didn't see that. How did I miss that? This is just so stupid. I'm sitting here in Miami. I mean, it's beautiful studios. Don't get me wrong. Sirius XM must have dropped a pretty dime on these uh, facilities. But uh, I'm miserable. I had to spend the night in a hotel. Beautiful hotel I was in. Just beautiful. Miami is beautiful. It really is. I mean, I haven't been down here in so long, and it's all built up, and there's tons of new construction, and it looks really nice. Almost looks like Disney World. But, uh, I mean, I'm here, and I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm <laughs> so out of you, sorts. You arrived yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I watched the Nick game. I, I, I was going to start out at 2 o'clock to come to Miami. And um, I delayed it for the Knicks game. I didn't want to miss the Knicks, <laughs> who got clobbered. They looked so good in the first quarter. I don't know what the fuck happened. They just fell apart. 
I, I can't stand I watching basketball. I started to call you and congratulate you when I heard they made it through the first round and they yeah. were moving on. Yeah, you know I hate that, though. Don't congratulate me. <laughs> I, I don't actually know how to even dribble a ball. That's why I did. I yeah. was like, well, that's so stupid. But it was kind of funny because, you you know, you never watch the Knicks. And now they're in the playoffs for the first time in a long time and they're moving. The whole weekend, I'm bitching to my wife. I go, what am I doing going to Miami? Why am I going to Miami? I don't even understand it. Doesn't make any sense. Why did the company build studios in Miami? And I'm, you know, but then I don't want to be like Tucker Carlson, who like, he's not a company guy. That's why they fired him. He was busy calling the, the head of the company a cunt. <laughs> Can't do that. Imagine if I called Jennifer Witz a cunt, I'd be out. Oh, That's my it. God. You can't You'd do be that. in jail if you did. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> love her. Arrest you. Cunt. First of all, she's a very, very lovely woman and a very capable executive and running our company. You can't go calling someone a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, I'm just out of sorts. I, I got in my car after the Nick game. I was depressed about that. Just pathetic. You watched the whole game? Yeah. And I, wow. you know what? I'm stopping now. <laughs> because it was so annoying watching the score go up and down and I'm getting agita as I'm watching the game. And I realize, what do I, why am I doing this? This is two hours of my life. It's the stupidest thing. Like, I should just read the score at the end of the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should just go on Google and get the, the score. I mean, watching the back and forth. The Knicks were killing, and I'm like, this is great. And I don't even know. I just love the Knicks. I always did. Going back to Dave DeBusher, Walt Frazier, Earl the Pearl Monroe, Willis Reed. The whole team was great. And I've always been a Knicks fan. You know, and, and, and now it's exciting. They got into the playoffs, and they won the first round. But them watching Miami kick their fucking ass. <laughs> I mean, it was just depressing. They were they were up like like I forget how much like in the first they were up like fifteen points or something crazy like that. And then the well, and then the, you know what the Knicks well, do? What does happen? Don't they know they're I'll going tell you to what play happens. Miami? You know what happens? What? They get all they're like little kids. They get excited that they're winning and they stop trying. They think they won already. <laughs> and the garden was going nuts. You had uh, everyone cheering them on. People were going berserk. And then I'm like, Julius Randle didn't even play. You know? That big white guy was playing again. I like him. Halterstein. Or whatever. Uh -huh. Halterstein. He's, um, you know what I'm thinking? If I ever go, you know, to a Nick game again, if I get past the whole COVID paranoia. Yes. I think he might say hello to me, Halterstein. You know? I've always sat, I, some, you know, the Knicks have been very kind to me. They put me right in the front row. That's when I knew I was famous. When I, you know, I have courtside, they put me courtside. And the black players won't come over and say hello to me, but they go over to Spike Lee or they go. They don't like, acknowledge I'll be sitting, you at all? No, I'll, like I'll be sitting next to um, Tracy Morgan uh -huh. or Chris Rock. You know, they, they, they seat you where they seat you and. A lot of times when I'm there, I'm next to Tracy Morgan, who is, you know, so funny. And he's sitting there and like a couple of the players will come over. They like give him that bro shake and, and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, these guys should hug me, too. I mean, what am I? I mean, I'm 
I grew up in a black neighborhood. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, they should know that. <laughs> but I get ignored. The only guys who come up and... that is? I think because I'm a white guy. You think it's a racial thing? It's I'm gotta sure be. To some white people. No. No, they not that must. I saw. I want them to. <laughs> I want them to talk to me. I want them to come up and go, hey, Howard, I'm a fan of the show or something. <laughs> but, uh, no. I don't get that. And, and, and you know who comes up to me sometimes? The referees. Like, oh, the, wow. like, yeah. They, the, white guys and black guys, they'll come up to me. White referees and black referees, like, hey, Howard, hey, but yeah, yeah. a lot of the white referees. So I'm like, oh, is everything racial now? Can I get a, can I get a shout out from some of the players? But this Holterstein, I'm banking on him to come over and like, hey, man, I'm a fan of your show or something. <laughs> Maybe he will be <laughs> ostracized by the team if he talks to you. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just get upset. I'm like, you know, fame to me is very important. I don't, I'll admit it. I, I like people to recognize me. Well, they the might game. not. They might be recognizing you. No, just not speaking to you. Yeah, maybe they don't <laughs> like me. I don't know. I'd like to think it's a white thing, not my personality. <laughs> I hope it's racial. That's all. But anyway, I'm sitting here in Miami. Beautiful studios, Robin. I don't know if you can... I can see the whole studio. It's lovely. Yeah. Now I called you my well. Hey, uh, by the way, while I'm on the topic of uh, basketball, they were discussing courtside celebrities at the Nick game. And Michael K mentioned our Miami shows. Uh, and uh, I'll play that later. Maybe I don't want to play it right now. It got a little press, I guess, people mentioning that we were coming to Miami. This is uh, on NBC. How we're doing shows in Miami. Well, next week, Howard Stern is coming to South Florida. The radio... Woo! <laughs> Here I am. The town will never be the same. Personality will be bringing his Sirius XM show to Miami to officially open the broadcasting company's newest complex in Miami Beach. Stern will host three special shows from the heart of South Beach, featuring appearances by celebrities like artist Andy Cohen, Becky G. <laughs> artist, artist Andy artist Cohen's going to be here. Andy Cohen? They what? got the press what? release he also. become an artist? <laughs> I don't know. He's so not an artist. Andy's an artist? Yeah, I guess Andy's here, but I don't know. I, are, are we all sharing the same studio? He's not in here, I hope. I don't know. I haven't even, I don't even know where I am. I got you into Miami. You didn't scope out the whole situation and see what was going on? No, everybody's so worried about me. Like, I came down here. They ushered me in through an elevator, back elevator into the hotel. Uh -huh. I, I didn't leave my room. I was just like sitting in there. I unpacked because Beth didn't come with me. She's going to come oh, today. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was all freaked out. You know what a baby I am. I got to the hotel <laughs> and I'm like all out of sorts and I'm complaining. It's gorgeous, the place. But I'm like, you know, I don't know where the lights are. I don't know. I'm not on the Wi-Fi. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I was just like miserable. And then I. Oh, what is it? Gary, are you here? Where are you? 
I haven't seen anybody. I'm three rooms away. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. I'm like, you want to come corner. in or I don't want to. No, I don't oh, even no. want to see you. <laughs> no. I, I'm so I, I, how miserable was I when I sat down today? Oh, it's, it was one of those days. It was definitely one yeah. of those days where cause, yeah. cause I know because how, you're a creature habit. So all your stuff is in front of you at a certain way. And if you move one thing, it fucks you up. And I, yeah. I can see that. And I, I feel everything's fear. fucking wrong. But it's like the yes. guys work their ass off. It's beautiful, and I'm even seeing my my face behind Gary now. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's everything's just off. Where are you in the control room? Yeah, with like uh, with like. Are you least... in that glass booth right there? <laughs> where? Uh, oh, no, no, right, right behind oh, him. No, yeah, he no, says, no. Yeah. But th- th- uh, how are where anybody 15, is? There's at least fifteen of us in here. It's like a fucking submarine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, you see, it's like yeah, NASA. It's so stupid. <laughs> Hi, guys. Like, everybody's here, and I haven't seen a soul. All right, turn that off. I don't want to see him. So, so basically, what I was going to tell you is that Andy Cohn is doing shows from here, but he's nowhere near your studio. He's in the building, but your yeah. studio is yours, and it's locked, and then Andy will be in one of the smaller studios doing a show. Why can't Andy just be the guy who comes down to Miami? Well, that's a casino. I'm sure he was chomping at the bit to get down here. Chris Wilding was telling me... That um, at his hotel, they just they have a pool table in the lobby, and there's just hot guys with their shirts off. It must be a gay hotel, because he says he describe. I mean, I don't even believe this. He says there are hot guys just standing around with their shirts off, and uh, you know, I guess if you're a young single guy, Miami is fun. I'm just not fun. I don't represent Miami. Andy's fun. He'll be like all joyous. It's right. Oh. Hey, here's Gary, and uh, here comes Gary and Chris. So annoying having people walk in. Hey. Yeah, we haven't had that in a long time. Oh, and everyone's got to grab a microphone. I'm so annoyed. (laughs) Your mic's not on. I know, I can't even hear you. We can't hear you either. You're not on. For you? What? There we are. Hey, oh, oh my God. Are. Look at you. <laughs> fucking annoyed. How many fucking years has it been? Three years since I've seen you. Oh, my God. Oh, man, you look good. You, you look great. Good. <laughs> Stop you staring do. at me. Oh. 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 Mm. <laughs> you want to come to my hotel? <laughs> do your impression of... Uh, do your impre- Here's Chris doing an impression. First of all, Chris got a spray tan before coming to Miami. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because uh, I'm very pasty. <laughs> it's so bad. Stop I mean, it. We, he was orange. And it was we, like a weird color. Well, you know what happened? We went out to, to this dinner, this Cuban dinner, and I didn't know. There's no air conditioning in the entire restaurant. So I literally, I don't know if you ever saw the picture of Rudy Giuliani when the hair dye was running. <laughs> if someone looks at me, they go, <laughs> they go, your face is running down. Your makeup's fa- falling off. Ay, ay, ay. Well, um, by the way, Charo, the superstar, Charo cut a couple of IDs for us for down here in Miami. And Chris does a really good Charlie. impression of Charo here. Here's Charo. Let's see if I can find it. How was Miami house party? Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. How was Miami house party? Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Here's. And uh, okay, can how is the sound? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby, Give me a little Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> Give me Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. 
When I record this, when I sing, give me the, somebody, no? I don't want to sound like a cucaracha with diarrhea, okay? Charo, what's up? I don't want to sound like a cucaracha with diarrhea, okay? Bobby, 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 I need Bobby when I do this. Where is Bobby? He's so beautiful to see you, my God. So, Chris, how do I get rid of you if I want to? I don't know. I mean, like, I can't even, this is so weird being here in Miami. I never thought I would see you again. Yeah, I, well, I was perfectly happy not seeing any of you. I never, I, I really <laughs> I was. I don't know why they Zoom made me come to Miami. Enough. Zoom was enough. <laughs> it's so weird. They built studios in Miami. I don't even get it. But it's I'm here. you, apparently. That's what they did it for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, you, you can leave, leave now. Yeah, right. leave. Uh, what was I even here to talk about? I don't know. I think it was the hotel and the Ga- boys and all that. Oh, the oh, hot yeah. guys. There's a pool. Gary rushed in here with Chris. What are you doing, Gary? You're running around. You're annoying me. But now I remember why I don't want to work in a studio with you. You're fucking annoying. You Your mic's not on. It's fine. You literally said, "Yeah, hey, Chris has a story about a bunch of guys at the pool that you wanted to hear, so we brought him in. Yeah, but I was just going to go to him on the screen so I could hang up on him when I want. We, we thought yeah. that because we were all here, you might want to see everyone. Everyone is like trying to accommodate me. Robin, uh-huh. and it's so annoying. It's That's like annoying. they don't know what to do. <laughs> people don't know whether the people should come in, whether people should be on Zoom. We were in a nice groove. I work out of my house. I don't have to see anybody. They bring me down to Miami. Now no one knows what to do. You're right. Gary's in a room staring at me, trying to figure out what I we want. Don't, we don't know Chris what to do. Chris is staring at me. It looks weird. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I feel like a two-year-old tantruming. And so, it's like, why did they do this to me? I came in to take Chris out now. Because you said, how do yeah, I get him and out? Now, now you're going to take Chris out and he's going to take the headphones off I, and they're going to squeal. And it's yeah. gonna, I'm just fucking miserable down here, Robin, and you're not even here. I, I hear it. <laughs> yeah, believe me, well, I'm miserable. Be, there'd be two miserable people if I was there, so it's better than only one. Well, anyway, there's hot guys at my hotel, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'm having a great time. You already went on a date down here? When did you get here? Uh, Saturday. Yeah? Yeah. And, and how did you have a date already? I don't know. I was one of these apps, you know, and, and some guy was oh. around. I said, if you're near the hotel, I'm at the, I'm at the bar by the pool. Come down. What happened on the date? Uh, well, first of all, the guy showed up. He looked nothing like the picture. It looked like he, like the guy was like jacked, and, yeah. and when he showed up, it looked like his little brother showed. Like you know, uh, Captain America before he transforms. Yeah, like when uh-huh. he's like a dweeb. When he looks like me, he looked like me, the guy. And I'm not looking for guys that look like me. Okay? So you know, in like two seconds, this ain't gonna work. Yeah, and meanwhile, it's like eight o'clock, and I'm thinking, oh, I just want to go to bed now because we're up super early, right? Yeah. So I go, okay, do you want to drink something? Oh no, I I don't want to drink. I, I'm hungry. I want to eat. I go, really? He orders hotel quesadillas, the smelliest. I'm sitting there and watching this guy stuff his face with sour cream and quesadillas. Anyway, eventually I go, I got to go. He goes to give me a kiss. I give him a kiss. I go, oh, that's what the quesadillas taste like. He goes, you really want to know what they taste like? Shoves his tongue in my mouth. Feeds <laughs> oh. me the quesadillas, Robin, like a bird. Uh, it was the most disgusting. You mean he, had, he, he like tongued you with food in his he mouth? He thought it was sexy. He thought it was sexy to tongue kiss me with actual chunks of food. Ugh, what a douche. Yeah. So I just got up and I left. Yeah. And, and what I thought he stuck his hand down your well, pants. He went in for a hug because I don't want to be rude. I don't want someone to have a weird story about me. So I go and give him a hug and he goes, uh, oh, uh, what kind of boy are you? I go, what do you mean? He takes his hand, sticks it down the back of my pants. Not the first time this has happened on a date, by the way. Right. Basically, 
hot dogs my asshole with his finger and goes, are you a naughty boy? Are you a naughty boy? I go, no, I'm a really tired boy. I got to get to bed. And I left it. Oh, and boy. I walked past Sal and I said, that was a big mistake. And went right up to bed and back to sleep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gary, where did you guys go here in Miami where Sal was do using his broken English? Oh, man. So, Sal, we went to a Cuban restaurant, right? We decided we we're going to, you know, have a full experience. So, like, all of us went to this Cuban restaurant. But Sal... Who's all of us? Almost everybody. I mean, Chris was there. John, uh, John Blit was there. John Hine, uh, JD, Ronnie, um, everybody. Like it was, it was probably 20 people. Did Ronnie behave? He did. He, he was, was okay. He was okay. Yeah. Sal went over the top. Sal's like, I, I know I saw a tape of it. Sal's a fucking moron. How do you take him anyway? We should we, fire Howard, him. Howard, Howard, you, you've got to understand something. Sal and I were an the, idiot. We're on the plane <laughs> together and Sal, Sal gave me this whole rap about, you know, we're going down there and like our every move is going to be watched and I'm not going to be the guy to be the idiot. He's like, the he guy. Knew, like in advance, we had this discussion. <laughs> He's so the when guy. He, when he did it, I was blown away. He's a fucking moron. I'm looking at the tape of your dinner. First of all, before I get to Sal, John Hine is like the biggest baby. I love John. You know, I'm a big John Hine fan. Don't ask me why, but I am. Like, I think he's, I don't know. I think he's a great guy. He's solid. Solid guy. He's a guy. He's a but guy. he's like a fucking two-year-old. Like, Robin and I would take him to dinner sometimes, and you take him to a really good restaurant, and he's like a child when he orders. Right, Robin? Right, And I mean, yeah. you got to hear this. Uh, oh, here's Sal. Oh, Sal, you're such a fucking idiot. Prevail. What are you doing, man? What What's with your behavior? I don't get out much. I'm sorry. No, yeah, he's all excited. That's what happened. What happened was Sal has not been out of the house in three years, and he got down here. And Howard, I would love to tell you that he got crazy drunk, but he didn't. Yeah. He just got drunk on seeing women. When Let me ask you this. When you see, like, a Hispanic person or, you know, like a Cuban person <laughs> serving you, why do you go right into the broken Spanish? Like, the, he's like... Ah, me con Dior. I don't know. He's you know, like, me amo Sal. Salvador. Yeah. Oh, my God. Howard, ben it's, Aki. It's, he's doing, he, what he does is. Senor it's Howard. Mostly, it's mostly Italian. Right. With Italian. two or three Spanish words he knows. That's true. He's the, he's the ugly American. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I was just thinking. That he's he's the, does, has he ever heard of that? Is he that guy? I am like. I'm like the stupido americano to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, here, let me play you some tape. So fucking embarrassing. First of all, here's John Hine. Oh, yeah. It's like bringing a child to a restaurant. It's, it's like, he's looking at the menu and you, you think he was like looking at like a poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, like John, like there's nothing on the Cuban restaurant menu that he likes. Meanwhile, there's like hamburgers and steak and you know, like he doesn't eat vegetables. He doesn't eat. He wanted L French fries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Here's John. That's all here's he John. eats. He, he eats fried food and, and uh, hamburgers. Oh, it's and so Rob weird. There's John Hine. Hey, yeah. John. Hey, Howard. It's so weird seeing everybody. Strange, in person. Right? Yeah. You look great, Howard. You really do. You look fantastic. <laughs> Shut up, Sal. Because I'm right. going to fire you. You look fantastical, Howard. <laughs> yeah. Start singing for him. Um, John made a reservation tonight to eat. Where are you eating? Outbacks? Uh, the Outback Reservation, I think Mamet made. I'm a part of that. I took Gary yesterday to Raising Cane's for okay. the first time. So, so, so John says to me, you want to go to Raising Cane's? And I go, what is he? He goes, it's like a chicken finger place. So I'm like, okay. So I thought it was like some local place, like, you know, kind of thing. It's a fast food restaurant. Right. It's, yes. a, it's a genuine, I did not know that. It was fine. 
Imagine you're in Miami, <laughs> right? And you're and eating you're at a fast for food franchises <laughs> that you can find anywhere in the country. What did you eat, John? At, at Raising Cane's yeah. or at the Cuban... At Raising Cane's, I had six chicken fingers, Texas toast, and uh, fries, which Gary had, too, and yeah. enjoyed. Well, what's he going to no, do? It was, right. well, it, yeah. it, was, it was good. It just I, I thought we were going to, like... Like, I thought it was this cool place. This guy makes chicken fingers. It's like a local guy. And it was just like, you know. It's a chain. It was, there's, a, there's a Raising Cane in Times Square. I did not know that. Uh, that just of opened. It's, it's mostly in the south. It's just moving up north. And I would find it. How exciting. Here's John Hine reading off the menu. And I was listening to this menu and I was salivating. I go, oh, you know, because I like Cuban food. It's and really food good. was amazing. Amazing. Right. Amazing. Yeah. But here's John the connoisseur because he only wants to eat food. Green plantains? No. Marquitas? Banana chips? No. Puerto Sagra Combo, tamal, croquetas, toast. I don't know what that, no. Stuffed green plantain, no. Shrimp cocktail, no. Lobster cocktail, no. Tamal, Cuban style, don't know what it is, so no. Ham croquette, no. Fried yuca. What is he saying? Tamal. Tamal. It's a tamale. It didn't say tamale. It's a T-A-M-A-L. I didn't know that. It said tamale. Cut it out. It's a typo. <laughs> or yucca, I don't know how to say that. No. Filet mignon, no. They don't give you enough meat. Pot roast beef, no. Filet mignon, why would you, you love that? Stay tiny. Not, tiny. not, not, not enough food. Definitely not. Oh. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I, I want to make a point here. There was no limits on what you could eat. Now, it's a family-style restaurant, so you can order whatever you want. Everybody yeah. did. Yeah, but out of respect, I got, you know, what I wanted to eat. I didn't want, like, others but why to why don't you order steak up? and then, like, get, like double order French fries or, you know what I mean? Like, if you're really worried about filling up. Well, I, I didn't want, well, I got a steak sandwich, actually. That's what oh. I ended up ordering. <laughs> but if I couldn't pronounce it and didn't know what it was, I wasn't going to get it. You didn't want yucca? I, I know. How are you still yucca? alive? No vegetables? Yeah, no idea. No, I, I'll eat vegetables. Yeah, That's you will. true. Right. And Great. by the way, I was sitting across from Sal, and Sal was making the most of the company-sponsored meal and was asking me to try everything. Like yeah. He's like, try this, try this, Because you know this. what? Sal's a schnurra. You know what? That, that's Cuban for like a fucking moron. Oh, it's no. like he's a schnurra. He, what, he, see, he sees a free meal, and it's like, let's order everything. I did not do that at all. I just wanted John to try some things, but it was like feeding a six-year-old. <laughs> so this is the best. So um, Sal... Uh, you know, Sal, who is fr sexually frustrated, even though he's married. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, he's, his marriage ain't great. Let's be honest. It's wonderful. But Cut what it out. Marriage was going to be to him. Well, Sal figured, like, when he, how old were you when you got married? Feels like it's a thousand years ago. I don't How old were you? How old were you? Uh, I was 26. Yeah, when at 26, he's like, this is great. Yeah, wonderful. I got a girl who's going to sleep with me every night, you know. And then, like six months in, she's sick of him. She can't stand yeah. his cock, and the whole thing's going to going to hell. You know, and she realized Sal's a fucking maniac. Yes. So Sal gets to the restaurant, and there's a, a lovely waitress there. Which, it's not like she's uh, Pamela Anderson or anything. I, I, I want to make a point. She she wasn't 25. Right. You know I mean? Like Sal right. likes Sal's definitely got a thing for the older ladies. Yeah. There's no right. doubt. She had, yeah. she had a Charo vibe about yeah, it. Yeah, no. Yeah. She was an older, nice woman. Very, She's very nice. Very nice. And Sal starts Probably flirting. Probably been on her feet all day and just yeah. trying yeah. to get exactly. her shift. In <laughs> and Robin, maybe maybe she could use a laugh. Maybe a charming <laughs> customer. Oh, that's instead of a mean Sal. customer. Okay. Sal, you oh, want to oh, know Sal. the reality? Sal Seinfeld is here. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the reality. She's. It's a crowded restaurant. She got fifty fucking people I to take know. care of. Yeah. 
and you're the guy who stands there and starts talking to her and you're flirting and she's saying well maybe i'll get a big tip because i've got kids to feed and the whole thing my husband's maybe not working or he is working who knows but you know it's like and then she's like got the nudnik who's flirting with her i'm a and she's got to be nice to him here he goes here's sal flirting with the cuban waitress <laughs> And then proposes in Spanish. <laughs> We're getting married. Yeah. Janet. Janet. ¿Y ahí tu nombre? Mi nombre es Salvador. Salvador. Sí, Salvador. <laughs> Yo soy un guapo. Yes, of course. Ah. She just said I'm a guapo. Christine, I love you, but I've just found the love of my life here tonight. Janet, I would like to say something. How do you say marry me in Spanish? ¿Quieres casarte conmigo? Janet, ¿quieres casarte conmigo? Okay. You marry me? Yes. Oh, I'm getting married. What an asshole. What a fucking moron. Salvatore. I'm a Salvatore. Salvatore. I am a guapo. Yes. Howard, I was sitting directly across from Sal, so I got a first-hand look at his charm and pouring it on. When she would come over, everything. Thank you, sweetheart. Sweetheart. Oh, sweet, I'm not a mean touch. Very nice. Sweetheart. You don't call Creep. a woman sweetheart. I'll stop it already. That's, his, his, go, that's his go to word. He does it all the oh, time. And honey. And Constant honey. sweetheart. Well, and, th and then he has this move where he's like, I can speak fluent Spanish. And we're yeah. like, okay. And he's, you heard. <laughs> but what he does is he speaks Italian right. and he throws Spanish words same in thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's literally not the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. You're such an embarrassment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do say un Bellissima muchacha. Gracias. And, and I am a guapo, see? Guapissimo. I am guapissimo. Poor woman could have been done with the taking their order. <laughs> she's Now she's got Mr. Personality at the table. And by the way, I'm thinking about, here's Mr. on the company's dime looking for a free meal. She's not even going right. to get a special tip out of him. She oh, I bet. That. She doesn't know she that. Probably yeah, no, she probably thought. No, she probably thought. Oh, this guy's going to be a big tipper, know. right? Yeah, she probably got. She's just like that fucking moron. I could have like been done for the night. <laughs> I am wapo. I am. You know, wapo. my father. If he if he had ever met some, my father would have taken a hammer and hit Sal over the head. <laughs> <laughs> my father took no nonsense. He was like. The waiter just wants to serve you. I give him your order quickly and do it in the order of the meal. First the appetizer, then the main course, then dessert. Oh, God, my father would have hated Sal more than he hated me. <laughs> that's hate. What a, what yeah, a that's hate. My father, my father whipped me into shape, man. There was no fucking nonsense. Yeah. He would have taken you and thrown you right through a window. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dad. Oh, my God. Yeah, Shekelo. El Grande. Janet, she's my plus one at your wedding, Ronnie. <laughs> Janet, yes. <laughs> She's been at the table now an hour. Yeah. She's exhausted. I love you, Janet. Thank you. What's up? What's so funny about that? I love I love everybody. The guy who sits there and talks to the waiters and like gives him an interview beforehand. The waiter's just like, you fuck. I don't give two shits. I'm here. I'm on my feet all day. I just want to get done with you. I don't I don't want like Sal has no ability to understand he's not charming. He doesn't realize he's the old guy that flirts with the waitresses. Yeah. That they that they just do it yeah. as a favor to him. And the payoff back. isn't that big tip. The payoff is a proposal 
and right. then making yeah. them a crazy the whole time. There's no right. payoff to it. Yeah, and it didn't stop there. So Sal was so smitten, he stood up in the middle of the restaurant and started singing to the waitress. Uh, yeah, I know. Hold on to your hat. I'm getting divorce el attorneo. <laughs> Me and Janet, we're going to the to the lawyer tomorrow. We went to the lawyer tomorrow. We got it. We got it. Oh, it's, oh, it's. Who's going to the lawyer? You and John? Janet. Janet. Her name's oh, Janet. Janet. Why is she going to the lawyer? I don't know. She might be married too. I have no idea. <laughs> your idea was you're going to divorce your wife and take Janet to the lawyer? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, you have to take Christine to the lawyer, right, who I, I think I, would willingly go. Very I, I had a lot she, of sangria. I think yeah. she's already at the lawyer. <laughs> yeah. People change. People change. That's right. it. Yeah. That's it. Everything, you know. El divorcio. El divorcio. El divorcio. El divorcio. Con Janito. Vene conmigo. No more wife. No more kids. Solo Janito. Con mio. Thank you, thank you. What a song. That, that, that needs music, El that song. Divorzo, <laughs> El divorzo, con Janito, vene con mio, no more wife. Oh, oh my God. That's his best song since I Want to Beat My Wife, which was yeah. a fucking right. classic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, look, it's Sal's wife. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm taking your money, oh, you fucking moron, oh. Jesus Christ, Howard. He's so fucking embarrassing. Did you know he sounds special needs in two fucking languages? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure this is embarrassing for you and your children that Sal was already uh, coming on to a, a waitress. Oh, my God, Howard, huh. it's terrible. Janet, if you're listening, you have my blessing. El Morano is all yours, though, okay? She can <laughs> scoop out your foreskin and make a cock cheese quesadilla. I don't give a shit, please. Oh, oh my God, so fucking Well, there you go. Now. Sorry, Christine. Uh, Howard, Christine. I have to tell you, so, yeah. so we finished dinner, and now it's like a two-mile walk. We all decide we're so full, we decide to walk. So I'm walking with Sal, and I love, I love you, Sal. I'm walking, and Sal oh, yeah. goes. Sounds like it. He goes like this, man, man. I hope they don't make more out of this than it was. I hope they don't blow this up. He goes, you know, on this show, a wink is like a rape. <laughs> Howard, you can hear is that right, Sal? It's true. It starts off as a wink, and it evolves into a rape by the time you get on the air. Wow. I mean, he was a wonderful lady. You can hear him singing from the bathroom, and the bathroom was pretty far away. I mean, the whole restaurant. It was, not a, it was a tiny place. It's like, what are the other people in the restaurant doing while Sal is singing? Well, I know the guy in the bathroom. He kind of looked at me, and I go, what is that and he just sort of rolled his eyes so i think oh, i think people guy. are kind of rolling their eyes well people are eating dinner they go out they're excited and yeah they want to talk asshole. to each other not hear your show yeah. it's like a hostage situation you know in the restaurant yeah everyone uh, sounded so upset yeah wow <laughs> here's the did other you room. hold the room sal they loved it. Yes, I did, Robin. <laughs> Who saw Sal? John was Sal flirting with a girl at the hotel last night. No, no that that I didn't. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. The red, the red, the yeah, redhead. Was we were both on dates. The redhead. Hold on. No. I walked. I, no, I walked out into the the pool area, and Sal's like, "Come over here for a second. I'm like, "Okay." So I come over, and we walk up to this beautiful redhead, and he's like. Do you know who this is? This is John, it's like the Lonnie at Scores move. This is John Hine, the jump the shark guy. And I'm like, 
Hi, nice to meet you. She goes, oh, nice to meet you, too. And he, she goes, yeah, he wanted to come talk to you. I said, no, I didn't. I'm going over to talk to the guys. And I walk away. And <laughs> Sal's like, oh, I, I yeah. You look bored, John. I wanted you to meet somebody. What talk. were you thinking? Um, like, uh, just like, what, you want? this girl wants to meet John Hine? Yeah. I mean, John was walking around, and I said, this guy's the author of Fast Food Mania. Have you ever heard of it? And, and she's like, no. Maniac, by the way. Yeah, yeah even I don't know it. Thank you. <laughs> it's easy to forget, John. Trust me. I'll well, tell you, it's a real party <laughs> down here in Miami when you bring this crew. Before you get away from the dinner, Howard, one last thing to bury Sal for a second. <laughs> Thank you. What he would do, the movies, he's like, John, you got to try this. What was the cake? The trick? The trash? Trust Lecture. Yeah. You got to try this. I didn't want it. Like, it was dessert. I was full. He goes, no, no, you got to try it. You got to try it. So they bring it out. I try it. And then Sal eats. The, he kept suggesting things that he wanted to eat. Right. And then would let me try it. Oh. And then, of course, eat it. So he would load up with all this different stuff. Wolfie can I just, can saw. I tell you about Sal? I mean, Robin, it, it just goes so deep. It's like Sal, like even Sal boarding the plane. Sal's bag got searched. How many times has your bag been searched by JFK security? Like very few Rare. times, right? Rare. Rare. Yeah. Right. Whose bag gets searched? Sal's. <laughs> yeah. And and why? Because he you know he believes in stones have magical powers. Yeah. So he had his red jasper stone and the security guard like had a why why did they have to see the stone? Well, she thought it was she saw it go through the x-ray and she goes, We have to check your bags. And I'm like, okay. So she goes in and she looks and she goes, Oh, you have a red jasper. I go, Yeah. She goes, I love stones, so I just wanted to double check it. I collect. Oh, please. I, sure. I collect. <laughs> I said, Oh, oh thank you. So she was right. <laughs> she ever loves noticed stones? In, in Sal's stories, everyone's having a good time. The waitress loved it. The people right. at the restaurant loved it. I'm Security just... loved it. Right. Sal just spreads Why joy wherever you I try to that don't love it. <laughs> Why do you have that stone with you again? I forget. It just it brings you calmness. It, it calms you down. It brings it. It grounds you. You bought it, it on Amazon. How good could it be? You're a I little too know. calm. Maybe you should get rid of that stone. <laughs> yeah. This was you with the Jasper stone. <laughs> this is me with the Jasper. Can you imagine without it, Robin? So I'd be in jail right now. <laughs> like the, all of this hassle to come down to Miami. I still don't know what we're doing so, here. So there, yeah. was, so there was one other harassing thing. people. So yeah. we we all work really like some of us were on the same plane. So it was me and Derek and Sal, and we all worked really hard to carry on so we didn't have to wait for our luggage. So Sal was the only guy who carried on, so we had to wait for him. You mean Sal had stuff underneath? No, Sal, he, right, he checked yeah. in. I'm sorry, he checked the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, Sal, what, what, what could be in the bag that's so important? He says, I have all my hair products now. So I was talking to John, and I come to find out that Sal has become has come more clean about what he's up to. You have more. You're using a lot of products now, right? I use three products in my hair. Yeah. And that's why you had to check a bag because you have three products. Yeah, you know the hairspray, Howard. I have like this big long Aquanet thing. It's like <laughs> it's like the size of a fucking I don't know. Like Couldn't you buy that down here? Yeah, of course. Could, but it's I like a CVS down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I checked my bag because I had I had my hairspray. So I you guys had to wait for him. It wasn't that long, but it was just kind mm, of like annoying. We work so hard to like just you know just go. Yeah, yeah. That's what people do. We are only here for like two days, three yeah. days. Stops. How much hairspray do you need? <laughs> so I heard, I heard a lot. But wait, I heard that Sal's using some sort of a hair thing that, like, it's a thing that adds hair to your hair. Oh my god! But then I heard that you found like a knockoff of it. You're not even using the good <laughs> right, one, right? I get the cheap version. I bought. What do on you Amazon. use? 
It's uh, it's a scaffolding. <laughs> Shut up, you! What is it? Um, it's a it's it's like topic, Howard. The the hair powder. But why you got a full head of hair? Or you? Or, or... That's why. I, well, I just want to fill it even more. You know. Right. Yeah. So just like I have patches and I fill it up. But you did plugs, right? You've done plugs. I've done that twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Twenty thousand dollars worth of hair. Yes. Why? Howard, yes. when I hosted that show, she looks so handsome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Good. No wonder that waitress yeah. wanted me. When I hosted that sports show, <laughs> yeah. they would use topic to fill in right. patches up top. You know, it clings to the fibers you have left. But Sal uses it. But I asked him about it because it's a really expensive product. It's right. not cheap. Right. Yeah. But Sal found a different version of it <laughs> yeah. that he uses. I did a knockoff version. Yeah. So I saved a few dollars. And what, and what did the, what about your laser helmet? Are you still using No, that? I don't know. Stop the laser That's helmet. That's stupid. Yeah. What was that again? It was a laser helmet that, uh, that had certain like LED lights that penetrate your follicles and they soften them up. You know, science. <laughs> I look like, I look like a kid yeah. from special ed class with yeah. that thing on my head. So Sal, the other thing I noticed. We should make him wear his laser helmet here in the <laughs> yeah. studio. Shame. He's worn it, he's worn it at work. Like I walked in one day, he was doing a call and he had it on and it was so bizarre. But you know, I haven't seen Sal in a while. So when, you know, when you see him, you notice he's got a full head of hair and it does look good. Yeah. But the other thing I notice is that, um, you're all gray on the beard, but yeah. no gray in the hair at all. Yeah, Nothing. it's weird. I don't know. No, you have a different product. I the got beard, the same situation as Sal. I mean, I'm all gray in my beard, but I got, look at, yeah. look at my yeah. hair. Yeah, I don't right. color so it. Sal, yeah, and your beard is gray, Howard. Yeah. That's right. So Sal, you don't color your hair in any way. No, but I use the, I think the topic that I put on, it's darker. So it blends in with my hair. So it makes spraying, it dark. You're spraying darker hair into your hair. I'm I'm adding dark dark brown powder to my hair. Therefore, I think maybe blends in with some of the grays in it. Could you like, go swimming? Could you God, go? Like, are you gonna fuck me? That you want to know how I do my hair? Who gives a shit? Sal, could you I go do. swimming? <laughs> what? Could you go swimming? Like immerse your head yeah, underwater? Can you can. Swim. Yeah, I bet problem. he doesn't. Yeah, he does. just does. have those little filings on yeah. the water when he comes yeah. up. That's when he all. when when Sal goes under the water, all of a sudden there's like like a, a pollution. Yeah, in yeah. The pool. It looks like some water turns brown. You can't you can't swim with it because I remember one time I left the studio and I had to get my car and I didn't have an umbrella. When I got to the studio, I looked like Chris did the other day with his tan spray. <laughs> the it was just dripping all down my head. <laughs> you got to see my pillow at home and my wife is so pissed. It looks like I wipe my ass on it in the morning. My pillow is just black with all this powder. So you don't color your hair. That's what you're saying. I don't color it, but I add color, color to your hair. Yes. I see. You got so you. That makes sense for me. Yeah. You, you, that means you color your hair. I guess so, Howard. Who knows? I, I can't mean, win. What do you, what's going on with you? Like, uh, um, like you probably couldn't wait to get out of the house. This is really exciting for you. I'm huh? being down in Miami. I don't even know how you made the cut. To I down don't here. either. What are you doing? Apparently, there? I won't be back. Right. Um, no, Howard's just nice to get out. And I even told myself, I said, Sal, listen, just lay low. I kept saying that. That was my mantra. All the way here. Lay low, Sal. Lay yeah, but low. already you're like the star of this thing. But I don't want to be. I just, I, uh, so I, uh, we when you're in the middle of the, of the, of the restaurant last night singing to the waitress that yes. you want to divorce and marry yeah. her. Yeah. Do, do you say to yourself, wait, this wasn't my plan. I was going to lay low. That's exactly what I said. Like yeah. the next morning, I'm like, oh God, what did I do? But you couldn't control, like you couldn't say no to yourself. Like you just had to get up and sing. I did. It felt really good, Howard. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm being honest. Like, being an asshole is, yeah. feels good to you. <laughs> no, no. I, right. Howard, I mean, you weren't there, obviously, but I, yeah. I, these guys, they're playing it up a little bit. But this no, was we a, are. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Maybe no, not. Actually, maybe not. Playing it down. We got tape of it. I know. I saw you doing she it. Was a, she was a sweet lady. We were having fun. I, I don't know. You were having fun. She was trying to get a tip. 
I, I'll go back and I, I swear I'll give her a hundred dollars today. I, I, I mean, yeah, that. you should. I will. You they, really should. That's what she was. And looking I can for. have and I can have the uh, staff follow me. I'd be happy to give that to her. <laughs> OK, there <laughs> you go. Feeling you're banned. She from was. That restaurant. I'm not banned. Yeah. Everyone had a great time. Ralph, you're on the air. Go ahead. Florida. <laughs> Ralph. Yes. Uh, hey, now. Hey, hey now. first of all, okay, a couple of things. Can you imagine being at that dinner and sitting through the Sal show? And let me remind you, they had no air conditioning there. Like Chris's face is melting. Oh, and like, yeah. oh it was unbelievable. Well, whose idea was that to eat at a restaurant in Miami with no air conditioning? You know what the great <laughs> thing is? Guess. After Bro. the dinner, Sal went to Wolfie. And said, Wolfie, yeah. do you think um, I was inappropriate at dinner? <laughs> like, he wasn't sure. He need, I mean, I, I, what's with your opinion of uh, how well, do you think you were? I think, I, I, okay. I'll Why tell do you need Wolfie's I'll tell you, opinion? Sal, if you have to ask, if you have to ask, yeah, no, I have to ask somebody who works for the show and how they're going to portray it on the show. That was my concern. Like, portray it accurately. How did you see this? Yeah, I know it is portrayed accurately. And it was, there's nothing wrong with it. We were just having fun, but I don't, you never know what it's going to evolve into. Like I said, a wink turns into a fucking gangbang on this show. Sal's trying to make it out. Sal's trying to make it out like people blew this up. Meanwhile, Sal, like, that's ridiculous. Like, no, the woman just wants a tip. And she has to indulge just, your idiotic city, and uh, you know, come on, Ralph. You, I, 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 I can't. I, I agree exactly. with you. But, but exactly. I, mean, saying, I mean, when you say, "How did we portray it?" Here's we got a tape of it. <laughs> I know, but it was. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like, like we're portraying uh, anything. But the I truth mean, is, we had fun, and the lady had a lot I'm of fun. It was just so fun. So fun. You know what she had. She was. She's was, not going to say, "Look, Mister, leave me alone." She could have absolutely. She could so, have. Hey, can you interview I, I, the lady? Can you get the, the waitress? We're going to get her. Uh, Wolfie needs to do a full interview. But so yeah, you she, she did now. not have fun. She did not have fun. I'll bet you. She quit. Hours. She moved back to Cuba. I'm telling you. Yeah. When we're sitting there, right, and and you're doing you're doing your performance, which uh, again was enjoyable to us. You don't see. You think that we're all enjoying it. You don't. You don't notice that we're like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing in the world. Here's the reality, Gary. This woman probably, you know, she was stuck in Cuba under Castro, who was a monster. <laughs> One day she saw she she walked by the port. She saw a raft floating in the water. <laughs> she just said, "I hate I, I I can't stand Castro. I'm going to make my way to America." She jumps on the raft. She doesn't have a food. She doesn't have clothing. She only has the clothes on her back. And then she makes a thirty day no food thirty day trip on a raft from Cuba to get to the United States. Halfway through the trip, shark, sharks are, are, are biting at her toes, nibbling on her toes. Her uncle, who made it onto the raft with her, she had to eat him on day seven. <laughs> Finally, she comes up to the shores of America. They barely recognize her because the sun has burned her skin off. She had to drink her own urine. She describes to the authorities how horrible it was. All I want to do is please get away from Castro. I want to live in America. The the United States takes pity on the woman. They they see that she is in exile. She is, of course, a political prisoner. They see that she has even swallowed her own teeth because she was so hungry. And she feels, you know what? There's no one here in America that's as creepy or as cruel and or as stupid as Castro. No one. No one. This is the promised land. 
She moves to America, has nowhere to live at first, no relatives. She's living on the beach in a shell with a clam here in Miami. <laughs> she shares it with the clam. <laughs> Finally, she gets a job at a restaurant working 150 hours a week without air conditioning. <laughs> Struggling, but still she's in America. And then the biggest asshole on the planet, worse than Castro, walks in Hello. to have dinner. <laughs> Starts proposing to her. Hello, Starts you. singing to her in the middle of the restaurant. Oh, creep. And it's Sal <laughs> Gubernale. Oh, Fidel, Fidel Gubernale. Yeah, but some version of Spanish is falling out of his mouth between I'm the Italian idiot. he's speaking. She's Italian, like, oh, broken English. And now she's on a raft back to Cuba. <laughs> she can't believe it. She, she can't Some, wait to go back. She can't wait. <laughs> you, you broke her American dream. She's yeah. asking a shark to eat her. <laughs> she, told me, she told me that Sal was worse than Fidel Castro. Oh, I she was like, that. yes, of course it was. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're charming as ever. Uh, Ivan, you're on the air in Florida. Hey guys, welcome to Miami. So excited! Thank like you. A lifelong dream, my brother. I, I have to say thank you so much because I know it took a lot to get you out of New York, to get you out of your house, get you out of your home studio. So that means a lot to us as fans. Well, thank you so much. Thank you and very like much. Them. Thank you, and oh, we're happy hello. to be here in Miami. Now be quiet. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody, it is Bernie Mac. Hey, Bernie. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? I see you down there in motherfucking Miami. Having a yeah. good motherfucking time. Let me tell you something, Howard. I love those spicy mamacitas down there in Miami, man. I love them, goddammit. Pussy tastes like guava pastelito. I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me well, get that Sal. chocolate and that motherfucking coconut. Goddamn. Kick it! Well, let me... I'll tell you what, Bernie. Music. <laughs> yeah, Bernie, I got to tell you, uh, Sal certainly got carried away, got swept away by the beautiful women here in uh, Miami. So I know what you're talking about. He, He's showing the fuck the. I wish I was motherfucking Sal at that restaurant. I would give her two strokes from the back. Come on, if you ain't got nothing to do, God damn it. There's some sexy motherfucking women out there. God damn. Sal, you see, Bernie agrees with yes, you. It's hard yes. to resist. It's hard. It's hard to uh, not be an asshole at a restaurant. <laughs> really, right, Bernie? That's, I think it's that's true. Sure your... And I take them all. Goddamn it, I take them all. I'm gonna tell you. Right. I make them motherfucking names rhyme. I count them when I'm fucking them. Uno, dos, tres. I can't count no more than that in motherfucking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bernie, good to hear from you. I tell you, Bernie, I wish you were here to host the show so I could go back home and uh, you could be in Miami. <laughs> I'll be down there in that motherfucker kicking ass in that motherfucking studio. Howard, them motherfucking right. mama seats is too goddamn sexy. I'm here to tell you. Kick it! Oh. <laughs> there you go. That music. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I, I got down here. Mr. Excitement I, after the Nick game. Anybody watch the Nick game? I did. Me? Did you? I watched the last quarter. It was, what do you it, think? They're not going to beat Miami, are they? It's only game one, but it you was think? at home. It's only game one, but I it was I'll home. But ben Stiller was there. I know. After after the uh, Miami's big guy, Jimmy, that guy, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler. He went down. You're like, oh, this is it. Eight right. minutes left. Here they go. And then it just got worse. I couldn't believe how many shots Miami blocked on the Knicks in the last eight minutes of the game. You know what I think? I think the Knicks get up like in the you know, first, what, I don't know, first, I don't know, a couple of minutes. They're killing. They're up like by 15 right. points or something. And they get excited, and they think they won the game. I was so annoyed. Oh. Oh. 
I don't watch sports. I don't know why I'm getting started with this. Wasting my time. Totally. Does Ben Stiller get acknowledged? Did you notice? I, I watch TV. They, they, they go to Ben Stiller, Chris Rock. Uh, who else was there? Of course, Spike Lee. Pete Davidson? Was he Pete, there? Pete Davidson I didn't see. But, uh, who else was there that was famous? I think that was it. Mm. I should have been there. But no, none of the players say hello to me. <laughs> Oh, I saw Aaron Rodgers there, your boyfriend, yeah. Gary. Yeah. yeah, my boyfriend. I, I'm, I'm still, uh, the jury's out on that whole thing. I think I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not as excited as everyone else. Cause there's, there's, you know, he's old. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. I'm a Jets fan. I see the worst in everything. Well, you got Aaron Rodgers. He could certainly, uh, give them a winning season, right? I mean, after all, he is Aaron Rodgers. He is a great quarterback. He's 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Jets should be better with him, and they should make the playoffs. But it, you know, my, this is my worst case scenario, right? The Jets gave up. If Aaron Rodgers plays three quarters of the snaps next year, or, or two thirds, <clears throat> first round pick, and this is this is what I feel. What if the Jets? He plays the snaps. They don't make the playoffs. He retires. They have no quarterback and no first round pick. No, that isn't a good scenario. You, you, I hear what you're yeah. saying. Oh, here's a note. Here's the celebrities, Robin. You asked who was at the okay. next game. Yeah. Gabrielle Union. Who is that? She's, I don't know. Uh, she's married a to a famous Dwayne basketball player. Wade's oh. a wife, yeah. Who used to play for Miami. But she's an actress, Howard. You've seen her in a bunch I of have? stuff. She's okay. cute. She's very, very pretty. Emma Roberts. Who's that? Uh, she's Julia an Roberts actress. Niece. She's Julia Roberts' yeah. niece and uh, Eric Roberts' daughter. She's pretty famous. All right. Hey, I'm she's officially an old movies. guy. I don't, yeah. I don't know these. I'm, I'm walking around like my parents. I'm like, uh, who is that? <laughs> you'd, you'd know her if you saw who's her. She? <laughs> or like, you know, I know who that is. That's the guy who, from the animals. What do you mean the animals? <laughs> the, the movie where he talks to the animals. Duncan Doolittle. No. What's your, what's your name? What's his name? The one where he he, he talks out of his tuchus. <laughs> oh, Jim Carrey. Oh. Uh, Gabrielle Union, Emma Roberts, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Noah was there. Well, I guess he has time on his hands. Uh, Edie Falco, Chris Maloney, I know who he is. Michael J. Fox, Ben Stiller, Joe Jonas, and Chris Rock were at the Knicks game yesterday. Jeez. They needed me there. There you go. But I was in Miami. Yeah, I was in Miami. <laughs> hey, look who it is, Stephen A. Smith. What's on your mind? Ah. What's going on, Howard Stern and everybody on the Howard Stern Show? I just got the word that you are down in Miami. And I can't believe it. I am absolutely upset <laughs> that you are down there. You should be sitting courtside at the Knicks game and you're down there in Miami. What the hell are you doing in Miami? You know what? You're right. I should I should be at the Nick game. I'm in Miami. The company wanted me to come to Miami and do a show. Look, I'm sitting here like a moron with Sal. <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, you know what? I've avoided you know Sal for three <laughs> years, Stephen A. Got, I mean, you got floor seats in Miami. Yeah, I, I got the floor seat right in front of, my, of Sal Gavinale. Uh, it's great. Howard, Howard yeah. I want you. To, I want to be very, very clear about something. I never leave the home of the Knicks. I live under the Madison Square Garden. Under a series of tunnels down there, I never leave the home of the Knicks. Nah, well, you I know like what basketball. you are. I'm like the basketball version of the Phantom of the Opera. I'm a believer of the New York Knicks, even though Julius Randle didn't play because of a damn ankle injury. I can't believe it. Well, listen, who do you think's going to win? I'm losing faith. I think the I think Miami's going to beat the Knicks. I hate to say it. You know what, Howard? When the Knicks lost, I was having a very bad day. I was in no mood. 
I cannot believe it. But I'm going to go with my Knicks. I'm going to say they're going to come back and they're going to beat the Miami Heat. All right, there you heard Even it, Stephen A. Smith. Seven times Jimmy Butler. I'm telling you, <laughs> me and Spike Lee are going to dress up like security guards and lock Jimmy Butler in the closet for Christ's sake. <laughs> Well, uh, let me tell you something. I would be there with you in New York, but the company spent millions of dollars to send us 1,500 miles for Sal to harass a Cuban waitress. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's what I'm doing, all right? Thank you. Thanks, They're Stephen ridiculous. A. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen A., look at that. They're all here today. All the big shots. <laughs> Down here in Miami. What else is going on in Miami? Um, uh, did you go down to the nude beach and um, stuff uh, food in your ass? No, I'm thinking about doing that today. Are you? Yeah. That's going to be your activity? Yeah. He's laying low. <laughs> I'm laying low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing gonna, it. I'm going to have Chris put French fries in my ass today, and we'll see if seagulls will eat out of it. Any of you guys going to be, like, hanging by a pool or anything? I mean, I guess there's no time. Uh, I mean, we tried to even yesterday, and we, we were doing tech tests. There was a lot going on, so really yeah. not a lot for that. Gotta tell you, it's a lot of work coming down here. I mean, I was in the worst mood when I walked in here today because, I mean, first of all, I don't like going to hotels. I'm laying in the hotel last night. I can't fall asleep. I'm watching American Idol till 10 o'clock. I had to get up super early to come in here. And I don't know. I just, I was just like miserable. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't like changing my routine. I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm some single guy down here get going on dates. Yeah, getting food tossed in your yeah. mouth. <laughs> you you yeah. can't wait like to get off the air so you can go to the beach and see what the girls look like today. Yeah. What crop is it today? And, like, I have this gorgeous room, and on, on top of my room is a pool, like a full oh. pool of my own. And I'm like, well, if oh, I was a single no. guy, I mean, there'd yeah. be a party going on in here. <laughs> Imagine if you were Andy Cohen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we, Andy's going to be doing. We went for uh, a couple of guys. We went for a bike ride uh, yesterday afternoon, like along the beach. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's out, man. Everybody's out. And a lot of hot chicks. Well, yes, a lot of hot chicks. But I was saying that it doesn't matter how big you are, what size you are. Everyone wears next to nothing. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you could be 400 pounds and you're wearing a thong. Crazy. Did, uh, did you take JD uh, Speedo shopping? Oh, yeah, we sure did. We <laughs> sure did. That was fantastic. You got some tape for me? Oh, I don't know. Do we have tape? I I'm have tape. Sure. Oh, fantastic. It was, it was pretty incredible. Oh, oh yeah. Really? You, you were there, oh. Chris? Oh, I was there. I helped select yeah, uh, Chris, the winning Chris Speedo. found the winning Speedo. It was magical. I used my gay powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm looking at this picture. JD doesn't look too bad no, in that blue of uh, number, the little yeah. Speedo. He doesn't look bad. He looked great. You should have seen him strutting around the store, doing twirls. It was, it was, you think beautiful. you're miserable. Yeah. yeah. You should have yeah. heard, you should have heard JD. How did you get him to even go to the store? I asked him nicely. And also he, he's always wanted to wear a Speedo. He was a, a huge fan of, of Greg Luganis as a kid. And he told me that I always wanted Stop to. It. It's Stop true. It. Chris is a witness to that. That Sal and Gary are leaving. Oh, what do you get? It's too much shuffling around. Just stand there. Just stand there and take it. Oh my God. Yeah, lay low, Sal. I <laughs> hate being in a studio. No offense, you guys. It's really a bummer just seeing all of you. We're just, we're, we're, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but we're trying not to annoy you. Everything, Gary, annoys I me. But I figure just looking at us annoys you, so we try to have No, I mean, we're having a conversation, then you start walking <laughs> out. What's your problem? Sal starts getting up and walking out and makes noise. It's like, just sit there. Okay. Read yeah. my every thought. 
You know what I mean? Just yeah. fucking think. Good. Chill out, man. <clears throat> chill. Just chill and stand there like, like you know how Ralph never leaves. You just right. stand yeah, there. Okay, I got be, it. Be like yeah. Ralph. <laughs> be like Ralph. Until anything that you do work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anything you'll do, like it'll annoy me. Like I like like I it took me took me twenty minutes to get to the studios from the hotel, and I was just like. I just used to walking downstairs and doing yeah. the show. Now I'm in the car. I'm, people are transporting me. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> I, was, I, to... I was just miserable. <laughs> then I walked in and everything just felt wrong. The room sounded oh. noisy. <laughs> Things weren't where they were supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how to tell you to be, Gary, but any thought you have, just do the opposite and you're probably going to be right. <laughs> I'm a miserable fucking human being. Moving me to a studio in Miami is a bad idea. I'm a miserable... Like, like Beth goes, once you're done with the show, come on over to the hotel and we'll sit by the pool. I go, honey, I can't sit by a pool. I got to do the guest notes for... I got to do... I got to get... I got to take my nap. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm like a miserable human being. There's no such thing. Like, it's not like I'm having fun here. No. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's torture. It's torture. I called Robin yesterday. I was going to unload on her. Good thing she didn't. <laughs> I was just miserable. I go, oh, you're not going to believe I'm in a car going down to Miami. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> So you're not going to take advantage of, like, you're not going to go to dinner, say, out here? Beth wants to go to dinner because I she's trying to get me to get over my whole COVID thing. <laughs> and, well, this uh, is amazing that you're you're having us in studio yeah, with you. Yeah, I did not well, You know what it is? This. Here's what I've decided to do. I got a booster shot. Um, uh, when did I get it? Like, Wednesday. Okay, so that's pretty good. I got my booster because uh, if you got guys, it on Wednesday, has it taken effect yet? No, you know totally. what though? Here's the problem, Robin. Um, I got it Wednesday, but I'm at seven months. They say uh, people my age, every six uh -huh. months you should get a booster because your immunities go to shit after six months. Uh huh. So I'm probably okay, but here's the thing: I'm in reasonably good health. I'm just gonna get COVID. I'm sure. And uh, what am I going to do? I mean, my wife wants to go out tonight to dinner. I got to go with her. Can't say, I, you know, you know, me in the old days, I'd be like, well, go. What am I going to do? But uh, I'm going to go. What time are you going to dinner? I'm going five o'clock. I don't know what time she's going. <laughs> she's looking for a party. It's not with me. She knows that. She knows the score. She's been with me for 20 fucking years. I'm, I'm a miserable fuck. Do you want us to cover dinner for the show? We could put a couple of loves on you guys. Yeah, you want to send Sal? No, no, no. no Howard... go get, just put JD in another speed up. <laughs> but, but Howard, no, we don't need yeah. that again. Yeah, we do. From yeah. our end, so, you know, yeah. just so you know, from our end, because like I said, we just want you to be happy and a lot of making you happy is guessing. So no. there were a lot of rehearsals this weekend yeah, but you know for not problem? coming in here. But you know what annoys me? People rehearsing to see what makes me happy. I don't I, don't, I hate right. that. We have I don't to be want ready. That. I don't I know, but I don't want it. Does it annoy you and Gary keeps saying, We just want to make you happy? Yeah, he annoys, yeah. annoys Gary you. annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> and you know what? Being away from him has been the best thing. That's why I look good. I still right, you look, look phenomenal. phenomenal. I look good. Tomorrow you're gonna look like shit. Yeah, oh, back yeah. with him. We're back with Gary. <laughs> you know what it is? Gary does nothing wrong, but everything he does is wrong. I, just, yeah. I, understand. I know. It just irritates me. You always have. I got it. Gary. I know. Yeah. If Gary like 
even hearing Gary like was like going on a bike ride yesterday. I'm like, fuck you, Gary. But he didn't do anything wrong. It just annoys me. And you me. know, it was a motorized bike. It was so like bicycle. Gary wasn't even really so, paddling. Right? Yeah. We, we all went out. We got the bikes at the hotel, so we're like, we're gonna go get some exercise. It was me, and Matt, and Derek. And we get the bikes out, and then we start pedaling. We go, these are electric bikes. <laughs> what a waste of time. Exactly. He's like an yeah. Uber driver. Anyway, uh, didn't you also do a 90-minute walk yesterday? Uh, I did uh, about an hour. Yeah. How does he have all that time, Robin? It, it was like, he said all, he like, was so busy. There was so yeah, much not to that do. Busy. See, her that's what annoys me. He's busy avoiding work. What did you do all day yesterday, Sal? I went man on the street yesterday. Uh -huh. And then after man on the and street, I edited, I edited a, a lot of audio with Derek and with Mike Perlman. It's like a and book then report. Then, yeah. I mean, do you want, you want me to did, keep did going? And then the lady went to the store. Did you all end up at Blitz Friend's house having food and drinking, having a party? Lobbed up. That was lobbed up. And after and hours documented that's right <laughs> <laughs> documented <laughs> meanwhile i heard ronnie's he ronnie's here right? yeah, he's yeah. here i heard he's annoyed because mike perlman's here well oh, i saw yeah. it's so oh, weird kidding. i saw the yeah. ronnie ronnie yelled at mike perlman the only reason you're famous is because of me yeah. yep he said oh, that at the bar so, yeah. why is ronnie famous <laughs> yeah right where do you fit into that ronnie's worried about mike's fame yeah. micromanaging fame that's so great what uh um, Ronnie's a great actor. You didn't know that? <laughs> he did this. It was weird because Saturday Pacino. <laughs> Saturday night we 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 come back from dinner and uh Perlman's flight was delayed. So he's sitting at the bar having a burger, and then Ronnie sat down, and I'm thinking to myself, don't these guys not like each other? And then um uh it just was a little uncomfortable. It was a little weird. Well, Perlman got up from the bar to give Ronnie a hug, and Ronnie did not accept the hug too well. He was I'm, I'm sweating, I'm sweating. Don't hug me. Don't hug wow, me. Wow, it's weird to be in the room with Ronnie. <laughs> it's the it's the weird. There he is. Hey, you look hey, good, pal. How are you, man? How are you, man? Miami Mund. He's gonna start I, crying seeing me. He I, loves I, I, me. What, how come I can't get that fucking greeting? Well, Ronnie and I Ronnie doesn't annoy me like he like you annoy me. You really don't. I was I was pretty depressed this morning, actually. I saw you a dude, you know, who took my place. Yeah. Oh, I knew that. Billy. We, we, yeah, the Billy. Other woman. I, was, I was talking to Billy and it was like, Do. It, it was, it was sad, man. I knew he would feel weird. Like being, did it feel weird? It feels weird seeing you, man. It really does. What do you mean? Uh, Do. Because I, 38 years, man, it's a long time to see you every day, you know, for work and shit, even at a work. I mean, it's, it's just weird. Yeah. He's used to like doing the security and knowing behind the scenes stuff or whatever. Right. He doesn't have to bother or not. He like doesn't just, have to do that anymore. So. Yeah. Like just seeing it, you know, everybody else handling you, it, 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 it bothers me. Yeah. yeah Billy, yeah. uh, Billy's my guy. Yeah. Now. Billy's a good dude. Yeah. Real yeah. great guy. Yeah. Did you ever meet Billy before? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Billy's yeah. a good guy. But uh, I know what you mean. I knew it was going to set you off a little bit. Yeah, a little know? bit, man. Yeah. Plus, Plus, I didn't, I'm getting emotional just from watching this. Yeah. Plus, I couldn't sleep last night because I, I was afraid I wasn't. Number one, I was afraid I wasn't going to wake up. Right. Number, number well, two, has, you know, when you reach your age, that's yeah, every right. day. No, number two, <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah. No, number two was uh, with the time change, I'm all screwed up. Right. You know, right. so I went to bed at 8.30, quarter to 9.00. And at 11.30, I was up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wide awake. And I, I'm tossing. I'm turning. I'm trying to get up. I take a piss. I go back into the bed. I'm trying to go back to sleep. I'm laying this way. I'm laying that way. Nothing's working. Yeah, same with me. I went to take a piss. I couldn't figure out how to flush the toilet. It was a fancy hotel. <laughs> it's like I spent 10 minutes trying to press this thing to get it to flush. 
So what happened? You told uh, Mike Perlman that uh, the only reason that he's famous is because of you? Yeah, well, nobody knew him before. He got this whole bagel stealing thing. And, right. you know, and now with always my glasses, my clothes, everything, you know, making comments and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what happened? You wouldn't hug him when you saw him? No. But, but, then, I, but you, then I did. You did? I, yeah, I, I broke down. Throw a bone. You <laughs> haven't seen Perlman in three years, too, right? None right. of these guys. Yeah. No, I saw some of the guys in L.A. Last oh, okay. Summer, last summer right, right, right. Yeah, it feels weird to see everybody. Yeah, man. It's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you, really. Yeah. I heard you're going to work out with Ronnie today. I mean, with uh, with Perlman today, Ronnie? <laughs> I don't know. Some bullshit. Just a big Perlman's jack. I saw Dude, where they're going. Fucking, uh, yeah. I saw where they're going. So when we were riding our bikes yesterday, it's like this. It's Muscle Beach, right? Yeah. So it's on the beach, and it's all workout equipment. It's all people who are jacked working Ronnie's going like to have Perlman. a heart attack. He can't <laughs> yeah. do that matter with you where is perlman let me see that guy he looks huge oh my oh. god no, but wait, he, he lost all his fucking hair <laughs> i laugh i'm laughing my fucking ass off so, so howard part of what's going to go on down here sal brought all that hair stuff to help perlman figure out how to keep his hair i'm gonna i am gonna uh, do perlman's hair up howard i'm gonna put my product in his hair and try to get him to look good yeah, yeah. when you yeah. got perlman's body you don't need hair it's fine he's good <laughs> Look at that guy. There he Look is. how oh, tight wow. that shirt is on. Look at him. <laughs> he did lose his hair. Well, he's he got like a crew cut. Yeah, That's because he lost all his fucking hair, dude. Yeah, it all went to his biceps. Uh, Look at your hair, bro. Your hair's going too <laughs> Dude, I'm 70 fucking years old. What do you got? You don't say? have it. You can't talk if you don't what have do you, it, though. What you do you don't have, have it. I have fucking hair. What are you talking about? I got fucking hair. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Look at that hair. Right? Stop it. Look at what? Forgot the it's in the middle of your head. Look at the fucking creases in your shirt. Man, what is that? What'd you take it out of the fucking package? Oh, in the store? In the mic, Ronnie. In the Stop. mic. Yeah, like, come on, man. What, his shirt's all wrinkled? Look at him, turn around. Show how it's the back of Yeah, he didn't iron that shirt. I'm tired of this What is this You can't see the back. Only you would notice the back of my shirt. No one else would notice the back of my shirt. man. The fucking shirt's too small. Yeah, he does that on purpose. Look at the back. It's all like... It's a lodge. It's a lodge. It's ready to rip open. It's a lodge. Yeah, keep looking at my stuff. So what happened, Mike? You got in late. You were eating the burger, and then Ronnie saw you at the bar. Yeah, I'm sitting at the bar. I fucking ignored him. I go, Ronnie, what's up? Man, and I go to give him a hug. He goes, "Get off me! I'm all fucking sweaty." Because he walked back from the, uh, he from walked back from the, uh, restaurant. the restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, we walked two miles, man. We were wow. fucking like it was human as shit. Oh yeah, and we were like everybody. They were soaked, like they came out of the pool. Wow, it was crazy. He looks good though. I think. I think Ronnie looks great though, man. You now know? I look great. All he of a seems sudden. a now, little. Now I look great. There's, a, di there's a difference at about home. Him. I don't look great. Well, that's a, true. There's a difference about him, though. I definitely noticed a difference about him. He seems a lot more gentle and delicate. Like he was sitting at the bar, and he just Please. he seemed like it. Like it was just like oh, there's Ronnie. Like you know, back in the studio, he was more like he looked like he was ready to fight you all the time. Yeah. Right, right, right. So and he's into mm -hmm. everything, right? I'm everything that's going on in that hall, he was in it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Ronnie is Ronnie doesn't have purpose because he used to be the guy in charge of security. And now Billy's in charge, and Ronnie's feeling it, so he's probably seems a little more laid back to you, right? And I I sense that, and I asked him this morning. I said, "Do you feel any different about seeing all these other people and how it's and everything?" And he and he said, he, "Yeah, I told he the confessed truth. it to me right away." Yeah, he feels, and I feel bad for him. I know how he feels. Yeah, I don't feel. He's been put out. Dude, to I'm pasture. not going to cry over it, but I feel. You know, it's a long time. I know. Yeah. It's a big part of my fucking life. I understand. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah Mike, you <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, Mike understands, Ron. Don't worry. Mike, I like Mike, so he's the guy who goes up to Ronnie. Ronnie, how you feeling? With, uh, <laughs> how it's, okay. like a therapist. It's, it's, yeah, he's a therapist. This, this goes on all day. This morning, they're outside, and, and Mike just looks at Ronnie and goes, you got a, uh, what type of air conditioning you got? You got central air? And Ronnie's like, what, what the fuck type of question is that? <laughs> yeah. Mike, do you enjoy asking Ronnie these questions? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah I love asking the questions. Stick it up my ass, But then man. you start you start laughing because he starts giving you this look where he's like, it looks like Popeye. He's got like, he's got like one eye sticking out and he like looks at you when you're talking to him and you know he's about to yell at you so it's just funny so you start laughing. It's crazy. Goes, what the fuck are you laughing at? You can't get a question out? Yeah. So do you, like, are you curious about a lot of people or just Ronnie? Ronnie. Just Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah, he's, oh, he's yeah. Ronnie's his Yeah. He really is. But like, he's here because of me. Right. Otherwise, he'd be up on the 37th fucking floor and nobody would know who he was. In, in other words, his fame really he, does come from he you. He played it, man. Yeah. He figured it out. Just like I did with you, right? Right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's like a human centipede. <laughs> oh, you and I used to always be in the car together, so right. we would talk, and then we would talk on the air. It yeah, was a dude. natural extension. Yeah. This guy figured out. He latched on to you. He, yep. only, he asked you questions. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But it well, works. I talked to him in the hallway when we were, you know, we were in New York. Yeah, just... stealing my fucking bagel. No. <laughs> well, hey, so uh, so who went to, with JD to get the Speedo? Chris went? Yeah. And and Blit, you took them. And Mamet. And Mamet. Mamet went? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did those covering guys, it. Did they put on Speedos? No, it was just me and fucking Blit. Oh. Chris, you didn't put on a Speedo? <laughs> well, I was told the Speedo wasn't in the budget for me, so I just uh, <laughs> I backed that right? off. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> the Mamet was just annoying me, so. Mike, you're in good shape. Did you see JD in the Speedo? Did you see the pictures? I saw the pictures, yeah. He looked it, good. He looked great, dude. Oh, stop it. He looked really good. I'd, li I'd like to take Mike Speedo shopping. That would be, I want to yeah, pitch see, that bit. This is the body that you wear a Speedo <laughs> in. Not right. mine. Show JD should have taken off his shirt. Oh, That's the number no, one thing. No, no. Show, or JD with his Speedo kept his shirt on. I get it. Yeah, but, but I, Robin, uh, here's a, let me see if I can show you a picture. You see JD oh. in his Speedo? That looks good. That's, that's not uh, terrible. Uh, no, yeah. I told you he looks good. Yeah, it's right. a great reaction. We yeah. have the speedos here if you want to <laughs> see no, them in real life. I'm no, what's that, John? I, I have the speedos here if you want to see them in real life. Put them on. No, no, sure, no, go no, ahead. No, I'm not putting it on. What? No. What's the matter with you? <laughs> what's the matter with me? I'm speedo. Not... Why'd you buy it no, for? Yeah. I'm not gonna wear it. How huh? it came all the way to Miami? It came all the way here. No, 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 no. There's the boys in. Wow. There they are in like, like a bikini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one I chose, Robin. Let me see. I got some tape here of J.D. It, what's funny about this is to hear J.D. protesting the whole time getting <laughs> oh. a Speedo. He's he just was... miserable. Um, so, J.D., I guess you were conflicted about wearing this thing, right? Well, I, mean... I mean, listen, I, I, I do. Yeah, I want to be a team player, obviously, but... Right. Uh, I am very uncomfortable with how I look uh, all over, and I did not need, you know, I, I just didn't want to wear a Speedo. I'm not a Speedo guy. Here's uh, J.D. and Blit Speedo shopping, and J.D.'s, even when he gets to the store, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to wear a Speedo or not. He's very conflicted. Hello. <laughs> this is J.D. JD's always dreamt of wearing a Speedo. No, I have not. No, I have not dreamt of wearing a Speedo. <laughs> and today is the day no, where he's going to... No, today's not the day. You're embracing it, right? Embracing. No, yeah, I'm not like embracing anything. Yeah. He's secretly embracing it. No, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I can tell. I am pretty full. 
forthright with yeah. my feeling right now. So and I think we may be looking for matching yeah? speedos. Yeah, the two of us. <laughs> we're matching. Yeah, we're matching. Uh, okay. Maybe we could do it. Matching. Okay, perfect. Uh, you want the tighter the better. He wants the tighter no, the better. No, I don't want the tighter the better. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy, it's, it's like every... What? He comes up with these stories. This guy, he he's drinking to Greg Luganis, looking like Greg Luganis all the time. I haven't, I haven't dreamt of being like Greg Luganis ever. Dude, you've told me this Greg on Luganis. Luganis. I haven't, dude. Yeah. This is what I'm dealing with. I had never told him you this. You have. But you were over at this. dinner at my place. This. You were at dinner at my place. You're like, you know what, John? I've, I used to watch Greg Luganis as a kid, and I've always dreamt of wearing that kind of swimsuit. I, I wouldn't fucking make this up, JD, and I, <laughs> I take offense to it. <laughs> I take offense to your fucking lie. I believe you, John. Yeah, stop guessing. Yeah,いやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやい
And this is a special occasion. I think you should no, put it on. No, no, I think special, you should put it on. A special occasion in private. All right, it's not. <laughs> I've done the public speedo thing. It's out. It'll be out there. People can fucking uh, make fun of it and do this, do that. No one's yeah. making fun of it. Hey, by the way, I don't please. know who just said the word hypnotism. Did you just say that? Chris? I said yeah, yeah, well, hypnosis. Yeah, Ronnie, I heard a crazy fucking story about you. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is crazy to me, and I got it. I got to tell you, it's blowing my mind. And I can't get it out of my head. Just tell me if it's true or not. Watch up. Now when your fiance Stephanie blows you. No, 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 no. Not when. It's it, This was a one-time thing. Okay. Stephanie was blowing Ronnie. And he, oh, you can't talk about Stop. it? Stop. No, I want to tell you the right way. Okay. okay. Oh Here's the right way. way. Go ahead. So I listen to these Schmarin tapes. Scott Schmarin is a hypnotist. Right. And he makes tapes. The guy who hypnotizes me on the show all Why the are you listening to those? Just to relax? It's calming. Okay. It's very calming. It's calming. like you do meditation. Yeah. I listen to his tapes. Okay. It really, it really does wonders. Okay. Yeah, we can see. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Um, so I was in my, in my crazy brain, always thinking about different ways to have sex, whatever. Right. Uh, I just I I was talking to Stephanie and I go listen, I, I get so relaxed when I'm doing you know Sharon tapes. What if I was to get like a blowjob and, and blow my load while I'm really fucking relaxed and see how it feels? It would be it would it be any different? Why can't I see the visual of her face when you come yeah, up she, with this? She's shit? she's marrying. By the way, I mean this, this is such a great story because. I've been around Ronnie for, like right. he said, 38 years or something. There isn't a thought in Ronnie's head other than either sex or NASCAR <laughs> and maybe what he's going to eat for dinner. It's cl it's a clear brain. It is just such a, you know, I did that bit the other day on the air. Yeah. You know, yes, it was just yes, like, dead on. I wasn't Ronnie. kidding. No, yes. you were dead on. Like, Fucking <laughs> NASCAR. Hmm. Blowjob. <laughs> Scott Schmieren tapes. Wait a second. What if someone blew me while I listened to a Scott Schmieren tape? Hmm. Like, I'd be so embarrassed, Ronnie, to bring that up to Stephanie. Like, no, what if, like, we, you're that's like, the what kind of relationship we have? We, that's why we, we last. So you had, we, the, you had this thought in your head, like, <laughs> hey, what if she, uh, but you got to bring it up to her. So you No, I sat down and I talked to her about it and I said to her, what, what do you think would happen? You know, how, how do you think it would be? You know, and I, mm -hmm. and I said to her, you know, what did she say? Maybe, maybe we'll try. She goes, maybe we'll try it sometime. I said, okay, great. Wow. So, Does she say like, oh yeah, Ronnie, maybe we'll try that sometime. Or is it like, wow. This is exciting. No, man. I was excited. She, no, I know the way you she were. Said was it. she no, excited? No. Yeah. I she, mean, <laughs> listen. So here's the way it went down. So the reason you guys last. I didn't put a gun to her head. Okay? Right. So, no. Yeah. Well, how many times oh, have you put a gun to her head? Just the this night. Time, yeah. he so, didn't put a gun so to her head. What, here's what happened. Let me right. tell you exactly how it went down. Go ahead. The show ended that. It was like, I think it was Monday or Tuesday morning last week. Right. And like around 10, 11 o'clock, I'll sit down in the living room where it's quiet and she's in the office working. Okay. And I'll just start listening to the Schmarin tape and I'll be in like my little, re you know, chair with, at the couch or whatever. <laughs> You're fully clothed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm listening to the tape. And, and what is Schmarin saying to you? Like, uh, uh Ronnie, relax. No, 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 nothing. He doesn't mention my name. It's right. a general tape. It's right. not Blow. just from, no. Blow your load. So he's, you know, he's saying relaxed. Um, just listen to my voice and the whole thing. And he's saying, yeah, you know, ways to relax and let your feet 
feel your feet and let your hands drop and all this kind of shit. Right. So then all of a sudden, I'm feeling my, like somebody's by my pants. Because your eyes were closed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have headphones on? Yeah, I had the little right. earbuds in. Right. And, you know, and then she's there and... Well, what do you mean? Like, like you feel her, you, you, you open up your eyes and Stephanie's no, what, on her knees? No, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, she was like next to me on the couch. Good thing it wasn't a dude in the room. You know, I would have checked. <laughs> right. I think Ronnie wants to be with Schmer, and that's the oh, thing. Stop. He wants to get right. a blood get away from the microphone. That would, that would turn me off, too. Like, get hearing away. the guy's voice, too. <laughs> of course. Like, that's the, what the I was thinking. The voice would throw me off. Yeah. I was thinking, man, do I want to hear Scott Schmeren doing no, his thing? No, while, uh, Howard, while... there's nothing gay about a guy talking to you while, while someone blows you. <laughs> no, it's not gay, dude. No, we didn't say he was gay. We're saying it's you were relaxing. gay. We'll get him for your bachelor party. He could give you a lot of <laughs> yeah, what well, do you think of Blitz's idea? We're going to get you get him for your bachelor party, and he's going to give you a lap dance. That's whispering and blowing. Blake, him the get, away. get out! No, but seriously, <laughs> what, stupid story. Ronnie, get out of here. Ronnie, seriously, what if a weird thing happens where now you can only come when you hear Scott Schmarin's voice? Oh, stop it! <laughs> so, Ron, so right. all of a sudden she's like what, like on her knees? No, by... no, she's sitting next. To, she's like next to me, like right. And what do you do? Pull down your pants, or she pulls off your pants? No, she. she I feel like my the buckle opening up on my belt and shit. Yeah, and, and shit. then you know I realize she's there. Yeah, and then you know I I'm helping her because you know it's not easy to get pants off and shit. Right, right. you gotta like, like, squirm around a bit so she yeah, can get exactly. them down. Right, and then, and then it you know it happened. Right, and then and boy, what she pulls down the pants and she starts. Is your dick hard already, or like because like no, not no, not totally, but it just the, her touching the whole idea of you know I was so relaxed and her feeling it and knowing I had talked about it with her to do it, yeah, and now it's happening. Yeah, I started to get really excited. So then once you know my pants came off and all that kind of shit, and she's doing her thing, and when when I finished. I exploded, man, and like I like I almost fucking passed out. Can you turn off that mic, uh, <laughs> please? Yeah, just turn it off. Oh, Thank you. Hell. Yeah. So, so in other words, she comes over, and you hear what is Schmieren saying? He's just relaxing you, and you're yeah. listening to him. Well, and at that at that point, it's <laughs> how like, long does it take you to come? <laughs> not long, really. Wow. Not long. You exploded. exploded. This fucking guy. He's seventy three years old, and he's coming every minute, and dude. I when it happened, I almost fucking passed out. Like it, it. it the intensity of the fucking blow in my load was insane. Really? Uh, she must give great blowjobs, Stephanie. I mean, they must be crazy good. I have good. no complaints, dude. No, damn. Not yeah. many women know how to blow the way yeah, she's great. She's, I mean. She's a great girl, man. I love her to death. You're not kidding. I love her to death. <laughs> Nobody's blowing me while I'm getting hypnotized. I'll tell you that. Mike, what do you think of it? It's Yeah, he's all, he, he, like I said, there's nothing... Elderly about Ronnie, he's everything about him is like you know he's got the uh, constitution of a thirty year old, a right. twenty year old. I mean, he walked two miles home from the Cuban restaurant. Yeah, he walked yeah. home. You could push him, dude. He's he's not gonna you know with anything with sex with with working out with every you know he can handle it. He yeah. can handle it. It's fucking awesome. He looks he looks gentle as I seen him, but I think this is good for him. Him seeing everybody and yeah. getting back in the mix with things. He's he's it's dude. it's reviving you a little bit. You're becoming the old self that everybody loves. Mike's right. Yeah. Real old self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. 
I, I have a question for Ronnie, but was the strength of the orgasm because of Schmarin? Like you were visualizing oh, Schmarin? Stop it's it. A no, question. no, because I was so relaxed, not because of Schmarin. Stop well, trying to put to that relax. thought. Who relaxed you? Oh, you're so fucking, you're such an asshole when, with your story. You know what you should do? I'm serious. You know what you should do? I can't stand <laughs> this motherfucker you anymore. Have, you should take everything that Schmarin did, Schmarin, I'm sorry, and, and everything he said. I have, chick do have it. Stephanie recorded for you. No, no. I, like, no, no. A, a hot shit. No, you need the guy's voice. Uh, how about Janet? <laughs> we need have the guy's voice. Yeah, have Janet from the yeah. Cuban restaurant. Yeah, Janet. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. A lot of excitement. I got to do that. Uh, you boys are really on fire. So what happened with JD and the Speedo? You went down to the beach, right? And uh, what happened? What, what was the next move? Where are we at in this saga? Well, yeah, we went down to the beach. We did some exercising. JD did a, like fashion shows around the the speedo shop, which was fantastic. And he really became one with the speedo, uh -huh. and he loved being in it. Who and look at you! No, I did He's not. Got him. I look at him. what uh, Howard. Now he didn't take off his shirt, though, right? No. Was it was no. that awkward for me? Yes, I would have loved him to be totally free. But right. you know, you take steps, baby steps. He looked like Winnie the Pooh. You know, Winnie the Pooh has the the top on and no pants. Right. <laughs> but JD's got a big package. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you. Does JD, he? I think he's oh, yeah. got. I always suspected he had a big cock, and I think what he has is really big balls because I think they kept popping out of the speedo. And at one point, <laughs> I looked down and I could see like it looked like two things were dangling. I think those were his balls. Yeah, shaft is huge too, though. It's like yeah, an elephant's thick. trunk. Oh, thick. Right. Yes. Oh, okay. You saw his cock? I, I, when we were at the baths, maybe I saw it out of the corner of my oh, eye. Didn't maybe see it. it's possible. Wow. Yeah. Wow, good for thick. you. I didn't know you had a big cock. It's not. It's average. No, everything it's is average. Above not, average. Pete Davidson says the same That's thing. That's right. It's average. How many it's inches average. are you? Have you ever measured your cock? Yeah, like years ago, it was like six inches. It was nah, that's average. Over seven. Six yeah, inches eight. wide. Yep. <laughs> was that, seven was sure. that flaccid, J.D.? No, it wasn't flaccid. Wow. He, can, he is not a measure. I'm sure no. no, Robin, it wasn't flaccid. <laughs> wow. Wowie. I will say, the one good thing about the Speedo is, like, it keeps everything compact. Like, your balls don't sway when you walk, especially in, you know, 80-degree yeah. heat, humid heat. Will you wear your Speedo more, or is it, like, just a one-time thing? I, I told Blit maybe during special occasions, like, you know, uh, out at Ronnie's wedding or something, going by the pool or something. I don't know. You but might wear it there. You're going to bring it you know, yeah. to Ronnie's wedding. I mean, what's more special than right now? No, we're not doing it. I'm not doing it now. Stop it. Howard, I, I saw some pictures and video of this, this whole event, and, uh, they had beautiful women. He was attracting gorgeous oh, girls yeah. on the beach uh, coming up to with this. That was crazy. You don't even know what happened. Mean, there was one really? girl that oh, was like a God. freaking tent. Yeah. Really? 1.2 million followers on Instagram. Super hot model. JD and I are exercising on the beach. Chris is filming it. And from out of nowhere, these two beautiful women ambush our exercise video and were enamored by JD. Is that true, JD? They were I, coming I mean, on to you yeah. a little bit. Oh no, no, they weren't coming on to me. Try, they, they, no, were. they were. They were flirting. They with were coming oh, over. Yeah. Oh, hold on, they were coming over. All right, and they, they did this. You know, they were working out with us and blah blah blah. You gotta wear this speed of more. Oh, yes, it really we was crazy. I knew he looked crazy, good. and wow. they wanted him to take off the shirt. They were begging, begging. Yeah, yeah, one one of the girls was so hot. I think I could have got the job done. Really, I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> an eleven. <laughs> hold on a second. Someone's at the door. Hey, it's Joe Pesci, everyone. Hey. What do you say, Joe? Hey. Hey, hey, dude, put that fucking Speedo on, you chubby prick. Show me that fucking <laughs> banana hammock, you little bitch. What the fuck are you doing? You Stop. soft, porky, pig motherfucker. I don't care if you leave your shirt on. You better... Let's see that Speedo. Come on.
So glad now, I came on. to Miami for this. No, uh, well, okay. he doesn't want no. to, Joe. So do what it are you with the do? shirt on. Shut up. No. What the <laughs> fuck is the matter? What the fuck are you scared of? That's what I want to know. What are you afraid of? You, I don't care if you look like a fucking sponge with a rubber band around it. I want to see those nipples. Come on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. see it. We got a short video of the girls dancing with JD on the beach. Let's see, Let's see this. Let me see this. <laughs> look at the one in the bikini. Yeah. Let me see. Put that up. Oh, here we go. There's J. Oh, there's JD dancing, working out. <laughs> Where are the girls? They shared on like a black bikini. Oh wait! Oh whoa! Oh, here they come! Oh this, yes. this wasn't planned. JD. Oh yeah, yeah. Blonde was really hot. Oh yeah, but she was flirting. With what about the black chick? She looks good true. too. They, they, they were all hot. Them. They both were. Well, there was a friend also that was like recording them that was also hot too. Yeah, yeah. all of them really? enamored but, by JD. Well, we all we we found them at the at this where they were sitting, and they were with these guys that did not look like me. They were all like Division <laughs> One athletes or something. <laughs> yeah, they right. were, you know. Let's go to Doc in Tennessee. What's on your mind, Doc? Hey now. Hey now. I was at the nude beach last week, and I got bad news for Sal. What? He uh, won't find any seagulls there. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's always seagulls at the beach. That's why it's called a beach. How do they keep them off the nude beach? I was at the nude beach. The seagulls are gone. We could bring seagulls. I could put a bunch in like a pillowcase. Okay. <laughs> hey, Ralph, what do you want? Hey, now. Hey, uh, forget JD's uh, bikini for a minute. This is the, the greatest thing I'm seeing. Somebody sent me a screen grab. Perlman who's always goofing on Ronnie how he dresses, is standing there in a shirt that he just got this morning. He unboxed it. You can see the lines in it that he unpacked. I ironed it this morning. I ironed hey, it. Whatever. No, you ironed it. You can't see it? Him. It's too small for him. Too nah, because I tried on extra like large. It was too Dude, big. Dude, we get it. You work out. You don't have to have a shirt <laughs> it was too that's big. too small. It was too big. You should never advise Ronnie on how he dresses. All right, oh, all right. Everybody's at each stop other's throat. Oh, right. okay, I'm so I, happy. Uh, Mike, you Mom should borrow Garrett Ralph and his fucking well, ivory. You know, Mike should just take off the shirt and or, avoid or, all embarrassment. Well, I haven't yeah. seen these guys in three years, and we're all together in the same room. What a joy. Woo, Miami. Hallelujah. Miami house party. There you go, Miami house party. Bro, look at all the fun. Howard's Miami house party. Mr. Worldwide, you already know what happens in Miami. Never happens. Whip your cock out, JD. Come on, do it. Uh, I got a pish. Hey, I will be speaking to Priyanka Chopra Jonas, who's a big time actress. The fun never stops here in Miami. She's um, a big deal. She's in a new show on Amazon. Have you? Any of you guys get the advance on that? So, I did. Uh, I yeah. saw someone watching it on the plane, uh, and it was like crazy action. She was like, "Oh yeah, up or yeah, yeah, that yeah, looked yeah. good." Yeah. Citadel She's like, is what it's called. Citadel. Yeah. It's yes. like uh, James Bond stuff. She and her co-star—I don't know who the dude is—she's hot, and uh, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, he's a good-looking dude. <laughs> I always wonder how shit doesn't go. Like, I know Priyanka's married to Nick Jonas and everything, but all that sexual chemistry. 
Oh, the hell? Well, you know, there are some new regulations, you know, things that are going on in Hollywood. There are a lot of people turning down their or saying they want fewer love scenes, less <laughs> intimate love scenes yeah. because they're committed to their spouses or I'll tell significant you what. others. I tell you what, Robin, I understand that. I mean, I don't know how actors do it. First of all, this guy, um, Priyanka Chopra is in a new movie that's coming out. And it's with the guy who stars in Outlander. I don't know his name. It's, um, I think it's Richard Madden or something. I don't know what his name is. But like my wife goes, oh my God, this guy on Outlander, he has the sexiest ass and this and that. I'm like, this guy looks wow. nothing like me. Let's, let's be honest. I don't see how she could be attracted to him and me. Like one of us is. Right. Right. got a wide range, Howard. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, like, oh, the guy's name is Sam Hewen and Priyanka's in a movie with him. And I don't care. Like Nick Jonas is famous and everything yeah, else. He's but really hot too. How the fuck doesn't shit go down between these two people? I'm telling you, I was on my movie. I had a boner the whole time as soon as i did a scene with a girl i don't understand it, it it's yeah. crazy i wouldn't let my well, wife be in a movie with a love scenes i'd be oh like my you know God, she's gonna be in a movie with this guy yeah that oh. guy sam ewan yeah bring out the schmarin paper come on baby <laughs> i'll tell you what man you found yourself a dreamboat ronnie the yeah. fact that she came yeah. over and started blowing you while you're listening to your Scott Schmierin tape. You didn't even have to remind her. She unfucking believable. Yeah, she planned it. Yeah, well, you see, like, this is what we do. We discuss things. It's not like I, you know, you guys make it like I force it. Communication. No, I'm not making it like that. No, I, I would. Know, be, I got to be honest saying. with you. I would be nervous to say to my wife. Hey, what would it be like if I was listening to a Scott Schmieren tape and you blew me? I don't know. I, I I admire your openness with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we get along so good, man. That's why people, you know, like when you even with the age difference, it's it's we talk to each other about things. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're obviously a relationship expert in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, most he, couples... he acts like there's a mental age difference. He's yeah. younger than her. Right. He is. Right. He is. Yes. Wow. But most couples sit down to discuss like buying a new house or maybe adopting a we baby. We already did that. Like they have like big like like relationship discussions. You sit down and say, "Hey, can no, you dude. blow me while some guy right. speaks into my ear?" Dude. Yeah, like what do you do? You sit down for dinner when you say that to like, That What's the difference when we talk about it? No, I'm just saying, what's the setting when you bring that? Up? I don't remember exactly when it was. I think we might have been laying in bed talk just uh, talking. Like what's some? Had you ever had the discussion with her? about like hey what would happen and then she goes no has she ever like closed her mind to something no she's pretty open with everything wow like what's some of the crazy shit you suggest and then it happens <laughs> the, nothing i mean nothing i'm not i mean you listen to scott schmier wacky shit i mean yeah, just like, like i think my wife would ridicule me and go like you know what you're listening to Scott Schmierin. I'm not going to blow you while but you're I'm completely... But I'm relaxing, and it's not about him. It's a, it's about my relaxation and Yeah, but I don't think her. my wife would... You see, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't... Like, if I said to my wife, I, listen, I want to listen to this guy hypnotize me while you blow me, she would think I, I was a creep. Like, Schmier, right. like, Schmierin doesn't even come into my head, you know... Yeah. When she, it's happening, you yeah, know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, but something comes out of your penis. You, yeah. you damn straight it did, and, wow. and I fucking almost passed out. It was How many crazy. times well, a week are you know, coming? A, a lot well, of we, women we would be. Usually. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you finish. No, you go ahead. 
All right. I want to know how many times a week are you at coming? At least three. Three times a week at you least, come. At least. Fucking sometimes yeah. four. Wow. Guy's an animal. And they're big loads? They're, I don't know. I don't measure them. They're, they're, oh, they're, they're, your they're, load is I'm not to... holding it. It's in, yeah, but you it's look at your there. load. You, you come on our back, right? See, no. Oh, I thought you did. No. Well, you said this I one was Ronnie gigantic, to collect loads right? Me just so he could really get a look at it, and he wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, he's no fun. Dude. By the way, Ronnie used to say he used to shoot uh, against oh, yeah. his wall. When Dude, he was was That's what I was wondering. Did he get height on this one? I was 15. Yeah, well, when I was 15... I was telling, we were talking about that shit the other night, and I'd be laying there in my bed, and the, the headboard and would be up against the wall behind me, and yeah. a lot of times when I shoot, it would shoot like right over my head <laughs> and, hit, and hit the wall, like and, Harvey Oswald. and I would have to take tissues and clean the wall off. Oh, oh, <laughs> if walls could talk. You know, Ronnie also has a history with the hotel we're staying at. Didn't you and Stephanie have a crazy fucking yeah. out of sex one Yeah, time? we did. We did. Yeah, I'm what? telling you, he's got himself a it, wonderful... He, we stayed in the, the hotel at... We, like. Eight to ten years ago, yeah. we were down here for NASCAR for the championship race. Of course. And we stayed, we stayed at the same hotel we're staying His at now. Favorite right. And, uh, we, we were out with a bunch of people. We were at different NASCAR parties and we were out till like three in the morning and we were drunk or, I mean, drunk. NASCAR. Pussy. <laughs> Drinking. Hotel. NASCAR. Miami. Hotel. Pussy. <laughs> Dr. Schmarin. Hotel. No, there was no coming. <laughs> there was no Schmarin then. Right. It was just crazy, a uh, crazy night of lunacy. I don't know. Right. Well, it, I'll it tell you fun. what. You got well, yourself what, a great you, Did woman. you make a lot of noise? Did you get calls from the hotel? What was crazy about it? Um, when you were, just every, were together. It was like we hit every position. It, 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 it was nuts. It was just, we were all over the room on the floor and the bed. <laughs> and, it, it, it was crazy. Man. It was not, it, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. 69! <laughs> Uh, sex is important to Ronnie, and I, I think he's found no the kidding. right partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, like sex is everything. What well, you know? What lately, I was going to say. What? Go ahead. What Go I was going to say no, was wait. that. No, wait a minute. What I was going to say was that women oftentimes think of that as a very intimate, romantic. They want togetherness. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they don't they don't want, they don't want a guy listening to Scott Schmieren. Well, well yeah, they had a, they had a yeah that's why I think basically. it's amazing, Robin. But the, we the, have the, both. The, we have we have the togetherness, but and then <laughs> you know this is like new things to try to keep the keep our sex life alive. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing the same old shit all the time. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hey, everyone, it's Scott Schmieren. He wants to talk to Ronnie. Go ahead, Ronnie. I'm going to hypnotize you. You're getting very hard. I'm rubbing my hot, manly arms all over your body. You can smell my manly musk. I'll breathe in. Wow. Dude, I feel that's what that keeps our relationship. It's always it's always new things we're trying and it, it, it keeps Are us you going to invite Scott to the wedding now? Like no. I feel like he's Do you come up Sorry, with man. most of the things that that you guys do or does she ever come up with stuff? Well, it, a lot of times she'll she'll like watch girl on girl porn. Right. And a lot of times she'll, you know, experiment. I mean, all experiment, you know, which is good What's because What's the experiment? 
Well, different ways of... I didn't know you were a scientist. Different yeah. ways yeah. of... Dr. Fauci. We, we kind of follow along with the program. Like, right. you know, like I'll pause, do exactly pause. what the girl Shut is doing. Shut this Bunsen burner up my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, stick <laughs> test to about anything. Okay, when it comes to that subject, stay out of it. I'm going to come in a beaker. Yeah, okay, Janet. <laughs> you know what, Sal? You're probably a little jealous, right? Oh, here. I'm very... I'm, I, God bless him. I am jealous, Howard. They have a wonderful relationship, so... Yeah. Yeah, hey, Ronnie, would you want Sharon there with you? If you, said to, if you said to Christine, hey, Christine, uh, I'm listening to a Scotch Marin tape. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I you want you to blow me. <laughs> Why would she do it? Uh, I think I would probably, the next thing would be a, a really, a, I'd probably black out <laughs> because she kicks you in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, um, I'm going to be talking to Priyanka Chopra. Yes. She's got some career going and she's had some life. You got to hear this. I mean, I'm not going to go through it, but I got a lot of questions for her. She knows stuff. She knows. And she grew that? up in she. <laughs> yeah, she knows. She's been through a lot of life. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's crazy. I'm very anxious to speak to her. She was supposed to come in a couple of like last week or something. Last and, week, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, she had to cancel. She wasn't feeling well. And uh, now she's able to come in, so we have that going on today. Tomorrow, uh, uh, it, since we're in Miami, Pitbull's coming by. Yes, oh boy. that's cool. Mr. Worldwide. He owns a NASCAR team, you know. Does he? Yeah. Oh, I my God. Yeah. <laughs> Everything comes back to NASCAR. Wait, the guy owns a fucking NASCAR team. What, what, what am I lying? NASCAR teams. And blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, well, we'll, when we come back, good to see you guys after three years. Great to see you. Great to see you. Yeah. Great, to see you great to see you. Let's see each other again in three years, okay? <laughs> all right. If I'm, yeah. st if I'm still around. Yeah, hey, if we're all around. You <laughs> right. never know. Probably be another pandemic again. Who knows? Thank Don't God. even say that. Uh, I will. I will say it. <laughs> Hoping one comes around. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, good to see you guys. There's a lot of fun happening here in Miami. I can yeah. barely stand the fun. It's uh well, it's a Howard's it's Miami a party. party. Yeah, yeah, Hello. Arriba, arriba. 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 We'll be back right after these. Oh, I'm back. Okay. Uh, oh. Listen to this. <laughs> Every little thing she does is magic. And that would apply to Priyanka Chopra Jonas because she's had a magical life, by my estimation. Okay. I will explain while I'm speaking to Priyanka. Priyanka, there Hi. you Good are. Good morning. Hi, Howard. Look at How you. Are you. How are you a big movie star? Look at you. Let me take you in. This is <laughs> Let wild. Let me take you in. This is wild that I'm talking to you. You're up early. You're ready to go. You know, it's funny. The last time you were slated to be on, you got sick. I would have and had was... to be way earlier up. Um, we are in the middle of a Citadel tour and um, we were traveling from Rome to London to New York to L.A. and... Because of the show, it would have been like a 4 a.m. morning and we had wrapped at like 1 a.m. at night. And I wanted to make sure I was coherent for our conversation. <laughs> that it's might funny be because I'm so paranoid. I got to tell you, Priyanka, I was like so frigging paranoid. I said, um, I said to my wife, Priyanka couldn't come on. She was sick. And then that night I saw you out at the premiere of Citadel. Yeah. And I said, Priyanka, the show don't stop. Priyanka is fine. She could have been on the show, but no, you were actually <laughs> sick, but you had to go. You had I mean, to go to the I, premiere. I had to go to the premiere. The show doesn't stop, as you know it. Like, there's no way 
you don't show up. I, and also this is post COVID. So, you know, when you show up to a premiere where you're meeting a lot of people and you have a cold, like I myself am really self-conscious of like, ooh. And I know it's not COVID I, because we test every day um, on our jobs, but it's still like, you know, I myself am so self-conscious and, but you know, you got to show up at the premiere and feel yeah, good and laugh and do, do the thing. Are we, are we post-COVID, Priyanka? Are we post-COVID or not? Because I'm still living COVID. I don't leave my house. I stay, I stay. I mean, I, I'm here in Miami, but that's a big jump for me. Mm. But we are we are officially post COVID, right? You go around, you go to restaurants, you, you right. You're living your full life. Well, I feel a little bit more equipped right now because I had COVID recently. I had it in December, so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still in April. I probably have antibodies, so I right. felt pretty invincible the last, like the first quarter of this year. Now going in, I am careful. I have um, a little one at home. My husband's immunocompromised, so you know, I just my, I have mom in my house, so I like to be careful. Um, but what do you my mean, job, Nick is a uh, Nick he's is type um, one diabetic? Oh, he's got to be careful. Yes, he's type one diabetic. Um, right, and so it's so just, when you got COVID. Did he get COVID? Yes, he got COVID and he actually beat it in three days. Nick is, I don't know. He's like, he's a Superman. I was like, whatever, man, you know, type one and you beat it in three days. The rest of Pretty us amazing. mere mortals are suffering. You had, a, you had a hard time with it. I had a hard time for like two days. Um, right. It was, I was slammed. And then I got a flu. Um, right. and that flu hit me so hard. It was harder than COVID. But you know, it's like, I, I don't know if we're post COVID, Howard. I don't think there's ever going back anymore. Right. I think the world has changed post pandemic. It's our outlook towards how we meet people, how we communicate, how, you know, how we exchange. I mean, we're having a conversation through technology, which is highly convenient, super safe, yep. you know, but you do sacrifice the the human connection. Like, I think it's going to be an individual thing and we'll see over the next few years where we land. But I do think people have the right to be careful, concerned. Um, the world lost a lot of human beings and... um you I've know. become nuts, Priyanka. I just, well, I've become, I, I I've become completely become I'm, nuts. Like I can't endorse I'm, that. I'm Howard Hughes now. I hide <laughs> in my home. I'm telling you, I have. I'm working on it with a psychiatrist. What, 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 what worries you? I don't want germs. I don't want to get. I haven't gotten COVID yet. That's how tight oh, with the tight ship. And now, and my wife wants me going out and going to dinners and all this. So it's, I gotta, I gotta do it. I've gotta, I gotta put my toe in the water, but uh, you know, I don't, uh, I'm fine staying at home. I don't well, want to leave. You know, I'll tell you something. Like, I think that you, I'm fine staying home too. I'm definitely a homebody. Like I would take, my home is usually a hotel room <laughs> and like I would, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I would take a quiet night watching TV with room service any day over going out for dinner and meeting people but you you are also crazy because like tom cruise they're calling you now the female (laughs) tom cruise why would you do your own stunts as beautiful as you are and uh, and and you've got the whole world you know i mean you're doing so fabulously well why do your own stunts i if if i was interviewing tom cruise i say why are you doing your own stunts half the time the audience doesn't know anyway you should protect yourself I'm going to sound like my mother. 
No, you're you're, Priyanka, you're right. Don't do that. You're going <laughs> to hurt yourself. Why are you doing your own stunts? Because I'm good at them, first of all. Yeah. Um, okay. I started my training or like everything I've learned has been on the job. I didn't go to film school. I started when I was very young. And back in the day, in like Bollywood movies, when like stunts were being performed, like we didn't even have a female stunt guy. Sometimes it was a little man in a wig, his <laughs> arms shaved. How insulting. You know, like yeah. running to be me right. or whatever. And I was like, or riding a horse because we didn't have a stunt guy. So I, over time, just so that my character would look more convincing, kind of learned how to do it myself so that my face would be on camera. So it didn't feel like an obvious, like, cut, do stunt person. What um, does that entail? When you say you do your own, in other words, did you, like, I see that Keanu Reeves, I've seen film of him mm -hmm. where he is handling actual guns and goes to a gun range and he can shoot, like, draw, shoot, really do it convincingly like a real expert. You're saying that you went and trained with guns and trained that that specifically? Yes, we have to do we had to do um weapons training, combat training, learn how to be comfortable with knives, um guns. I hate guns and weapons. I'm not someone but my I don't judge my characters, but this, you know, she's extremely equipped um to be able to get out of very tricky situations and that is literally her job my character so i had to be convincing enough and a big mandate from the russos came that they were like listen the russo guys, brothers the russo brothers yes uh, right. the russo brothers joe and anthony who um, they're the are the directors of they're the citadel. executive producers of uh, right. this season of citadel and you know they're very closely creatively involved and they said that you know, your, your characters are not superheroes. This is not a Marvel universe. You're not going to wear your, you know, whatever your helmet on and then it can be a stunt person. It's like it has to, we want to be able to see your characters bleed the, you know, the viewer has to feel a visceral reaction when your characters go through what they go through. And as a female who was anyway, I felt a little bit, um, not pressured, I would say, but like I really wanted to show up for my character because the spy genre, you know, just has like been monop the monopoly has been guys, like the the spies well, are the guys. So this, here was my character, and I wanted to show up for her. I don't get hung up on that stuff about whether it's female this or that. I love the show. Now i i get hand I get handed these shows because if a guest is coming on, you have to watch them. You have to. They make you, though? They make you. Oh, shit. And believe me, most of the times I'm <laughs> bullshitting. Most of the times I'm bullshitting people. I'm going, oh, the show is so good. Oh, no. But, so, unfortunately, my opinion doesn't mean anything because people think I'm full of shit. But Citadel is fantastic. It is a James Bond. You and your co-star are like two of the best looking people who are like super. Even though it's not a superhero thing, you guys can fucking kill anybody, shoot anybody. I love it. I think oh, you play yay. it perfectly. I think it's it's I think it's going to be huge. I mean, but this is on Amazon. My only beef is that Amazon doesn't release the entire series all at once. They're going to do it once a week. I know. Don't you hate that? That's above Did my you say graves. It's, it's a bummer, though, right? Don't, shouldn't they just release Citadel all the season, the whole season at once? Tell I the know. truth. It, it, it is. It, this show is so propulsive that it's very binge-watchy. I agree yes. with you. And, like, you have the cliffhanger and you're like, oh, God damn it. Yes, I'm in it. I'm already into it. I'm yeah. into your character. 
I know. I'm into you and this dude. Yay. If you, oh, if I was married to you, I wouldn't let you near this fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, the chemistry. I mean, it, honestly, the two, two of these, like, the t- like, how do you two not end up in bed together? How are you going to see my husband? Uh, yes, come he's great, now. but come on, it's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And then that, that, um, that movie you're releasing. Yes. With that other guy. Love Again. Um, yeah, I am working with two Scott actors. <laughs> yeah, well, that guy, my wife watches Outlander, <laughs> yeah. and she goes, she every day she tells me how hot that guy is, is and how his ass is perfect. And I'm like, why would you be married to me then? I'm completely opposite that guy. I look like a monster. I mean, no. it's crazy. Well, you can be honest. It's all right. It's no big no. Sam Hewen. <laughs> Sam Hewen, yes. Now, I just read tonight, you are going to the, what do they call that, the Met Gala. Yes, it is tonight. And Monday morning of the Met Gala. I'm here with you, Howard. <laughs> Why are you going to that? I don't, you're so, I mean, in my fantasy about you, uh-huh. You don't care about stuff like that, about uh, getting dressed up. I, would you explain to me why this is an exciting thing for you to go to the Met Gala? Because I know you're charged up about it. Well, I like to be good at whatever I do. So if right. I want to give my 100% at whatever I do, which is why I wanted to be here at a time where I could have a coherent conversation with you <laughs> instead of 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, right. But in the same way, I'm in the middle of a press tour. I have, you know, a series that has just come out on Prime Video and a movie that's going to come out in theaters. So, you know, it's the optimum time to, if you were going to the Met, it's good to do it during a press tour. Are you too busy in your life? You've got a, a, an infinite home. You've mm-hmm. got a husband. And now you're releasing a movie for theatrical release. And you are doing a series on Amazon. Uh, again, I'm going to sound like my mother. Priyanka, you are too busy. Do one thing a day. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, some schedule. Are you burning the candle at both ends? Oh, gosh, this is like easy. I come from doing four movies a year. Um, no. You mean from when you, when you lived in India and you were, yeah. when you first started your career, you yeah, would knock out first, four movies? When I was, when I first started my career, I was greedy, hungry. I didn't want anyone else to get the job. And I was like, I'm, I want to do all of the movies. Like, yeah, if I'm getting it, movie. I'm doing it. Right. You know, no one made movies for me. I hustled and, you know, built my career brick by brick. I had to kind of figure it out myself. I didn't, I was thrown into this business. It, it was just, I was trying to keep my head above water and, you know, I was like a squirrel who just found, I was like, I need to protect all my acorns. Your life is so, I think your life is the life of a movie. Like they should make a movie of your life. And I'm going to explain to my audience why. First of all, let me explain to you how hot Priyanka is. Oh, my God. And I love this story. <laughs> your father, when you hit puberty, your yeah. father in India <laughs> had to put bars on the windows of your house. Guys would follow you home. I mean, to be that level hot, Priyanka, <laughs> to the point that your father has to start putting bars my on dad, the window. Let me just no. Give me. Let me give you context. Imagine you're that hot. <laughs> what a blessing. God bless you to be so hot. It wasn't. My dad was super paranoid because he sent to America a 12 year old, you right. know, with braids and like trying to be cool. So I got my hair blown out. That was the only thing I'd ever done. Come back after all of these American hormones and <laughs> the food. I come back like. 
you know, a little bit more woman than my dad would have anticipated at 16. So he broke out. You were a troublemaker. Let let me back up in the story. And I have a problem with your parents that I'm going to talk about. But, my um, daughter is going to be my karma. I know it. My mom and I were talking about. Exactly by the way, uh, my this. audience know this, but you you don't know this. My parents put boards over the windows because I was so ugly. They didn't want anyone <laughs> oh, to see me. They kept me locked up for most of my puberty. <gasps> oh, but, no. but 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 in all seriousness, I have a problem uh-huh. with, with this. But you were a troublemaker because not only did you come back from America and you moved back to India with your parents and you were hot. <laughs> and you just gone through puberty, but you would go to school and change your outfit into a little mini skirt and high heels, and you would parade around school like that. No, and these guys would all follow you home from school. You were like the Pied Piper of sex. Well, well, well. They wanted you. Two different countries. Two different countries. There's two stories right. that are mixed up. I used to do that when I lived in the states because okay. my I lived with my aunt and uncle who were. My mom's sister, super conservative because I was, you know, somebody else, somebody else's child that was a troublemaker and like constantly right. looking for attention, vain teenager. And so they were super paranoid. And, you know, my aunt would buy me oversized clothes and was like, that's what you wear to school. And here I was discovering myself, my body and who I was becoming. And I had friends and. Um, so we used to go to the Salvation Army or Walmart or whatever after skipping lunch for a month, save money and like buy clothes and cut like jeans and make like short shorts and be like fashionistas and then change back and take off makeup and everything and go back home. (laughs) What a lot of work. But that was in the States. In India, the opposite happened to me. So I walked back, I walked into India like, yeah, my small town, I'm like America returned and everyone was really like little town called Bareilly in India and everyone was really, like I was a unicorn or something like, and I liked it. Well, let me explain to the audience what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. And this is where I have a problem with okay. your childhood, okay. which would send me way deep into therapy. <laughs> your, your parents have you. Uh-huh. Um, you, 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 of course, begin growing up in India. Then they decide to send you to boarding school. Let me see if I have this right. You go to boarding school, whatever reason that doesn't work out. They sent you there because they felt you were talking back to your father a little bit too much. Maybe boarding school would be good. Then, for some reason, your parents send you to America without them. And you're living with strangers in Iowa. And then, for some reason in Iowa, you move to somewhere else. I don't know. You went from Iowa to Queens to Indiana to Massachusetts and back to India at the 11th grade. Did you say to yourself, why did my parents have me? Why did they have a child only to send me away? Like that bothers me. I'm I'm upset about it. Were you upset? Oh no, I was the opposite. Why? I f- why? Let me explain. Um, most of that was accurate, but a lot of it was empowering. Like besides boarding school, which I think my mom sent me to. Um, the story was that I was, you know, back chatting with my dad or whatever. Um, back talking as you guys say in America. Yes. But, um, yes, I was like badly behaved and, um, but that's not the story. That's the urban legend. The truth is that my mom and, um, was, my dad was leaving the military and my brother was born and there was just a lot happening in their lives. So I needed to be put somewhere which was kind of stable and the routine was better. Um, and then after that, 
when I came to America, I'd come here for a vacation to visit my aunt and my uncle, my mom's sister. Indian families are very, very we ta- we travel in packs. We're really tight, very close. The extended families are really close. Often you will see kids staying with each other for you how know, old were better you when opportunities. they thirteen when they said thirteen. I was with my mom when she we came here for vacation, and I saw American high schools, and I I went to my cousin's high school, and I was like boys. And I was like, wow, you don't have uniforms. And I was just excited about the glamour of it. And was India a drag? Like, in other words, it was way more traditional. Way, I mean, I, you know, I, well, one of my impression of India is it's way more conservative. You well, know what I mean? Our schools are, we, it's not like, it's not way more conservative at all, but culturally, of course, both con- we're both very different. Um, both countries are very different, but our school systems are super different. We have about 60 kids in general, um, in one class and the kids don't go to different classes. The teachers come to your class, but can you imagine like between classes, 60 kids from every class get out? It'll be chaos. So our teachers move classes and then we wear uniforms because the socioeconomic background of most kids are so different so to be able to create a uniformity between everyone everyone has to wear the same thing and you know as a teenager trying to find your identity you hate that and here in american schools i was like wow they wear shorts to school that's amazing i wear shorts on sunday it was so this freedom attracted you but most 13 year old kids would be like gee whiz i mean i haven't seen my parents in so long and like i used to spend time at my aunt's house like for a weekend and my aunt was wonderful but after a weekend i'd go like i, I miss my things i miss being home i miss you know what i mean it's just it, you know it, to i me, never had that i was raised by a village like it took i had a very amazing upbringing by many many people in my family my parents were doing their med school um when i was born um and both were working parents so for the first three four years of my life i was with my grandparents um and my mom and dad would come and visit between you know their postings and their jobs and exams and stuff and then i stayed with my parents for a little while and then I you didn't feel unloved no, my gosh, I felt no. loved by so many people. I felt That's amazing. I was like my parents' beacon. Wherever they went in the world, they always came back to me. And everybody wow. I was with always reminded me of that. It was, I was never a burden. I was always like, welcome. And I was just such a, my dad, when I was very young, changed my perspective on something. Um, military families you move around every two years and it's like really annoying so in the beginning when i remember i was in kindergarten or something and we had to move somewhere and i had like my school and my best friend and i was really fucking pissed off i was like as a teenager and had a bratty like response to my dad saying we have to move and he just said you know what you know this math class and your math teacher you don't like and the next school no one's gonna know whatever your thing with math is so you could be whoever mm. you want reinvent. when you go to a new place the con- concept of reinvention and that just became like a game with me and it was so much fun and i used to deliberately think about what are the things i'm going to leave behind when i go to this new place and what am i going to adopt it i think it really helped me with my job and why did you keep moving around? Like when you were in Indiana, then all of a sudden you end up in Queens. Were you a troublemaker? Were you just too much to handle? <laughs> <What>? we were like, 
I love that you hit on that first. Do I well, look like a you, troublemaker to you? Well, yes, you must be. I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, you seem innocent, but it, it seems like you're... I am you're, like, innocent. People are pushing you around from India, then they take no. you to Queens, and then this family member takes you on. You became too much for your aunt, right? You she couldn't handle you. One time, yes, I may have. What been happened? Kicked, I may have been kicked out of the house. What did you do? <laughs> I had a boy in my closet. Did you? I did. You were boy crazy. Well, I, you know, not boy crazy, like a normal amount of teenage aunt- girl inquisitiveness. You were about to kiss this boy. No, and, he was uh, in my closet, which was even worse. I pretended like he wasn't in the house. My aunt was at work, but she was suspect that I was bringing a boy home when she was at work. I was 14. We right. held hands, maybe just, you know, I don't know. Watching no like making music out? Videos together. Hardly. Mm-hmm. Watching like music videos together, but I was terrified. And she was suspect, so she came home early and I didn't have an exit <laughs> strategy. <laughs> got caught. So I stuffed him in the closet, but this wow. guy wore so much cologne. That <laughs> my- and literally sniffed him out from the closet. <laughs> what about w- when you move from India to, uh, let's say, places like Indiana? <laughs> Unbelievable. Being Indian, w- w- did you experience a lot of racism? Do kids um, goof on you or tease you because, you know, you're different. You have the accent. Um, you, you know, your, your skin is darker than theirs. W- was there any of that kind of bullshit going on in your life? When I first came to America, I didn't think that kids were treating me differently because I was Indian. I just thought they were treating me differently because I'm new. You know, I was new and they all had friends and they'd come from middle school to high school together. And like I was new and I had been new in many scenarios and situations before because I moved around a lot. So I, that's not intimidating to me. Um, even in a completely new country, in a completely new environment, I had the first time I took the public bus, I remember my aunt had done it once with me. She was like, 50 cents, you put it in there, go to the back of the seat, find yourself a corner, don't look at anyone. And the first time I had to do it at 5 a.m. in the morning, even though school was like 20 minutes out, I was cool. I was like, okay, that's where you have to go at like 13 or 14. So I was good with taking on systems and people. So I didn't feel intimidated by it then. I think I became aware of being Indian in America after staying here for a couple of years. And then by the time I got to 10th grade, I think is when I was very aware of it or made aware of it by like my classmates. And I had like drama with some girl in school for some reason. I don't know. It's that hallway push each other, like give each other eyes, sing, um, and she, I don't know, went directly to racial slurs for some reason. Like her way of hurting me was saying mean things about my Indian, n- Indianness. And that made me aware that, oh, I am different, I guess. A, a little more different and a little bit more unfamiliar to people here than I'm used to back home. Um, yeah. The girl yelled at you and said, Brownie, go back to your country. Is that the quote? Yeah, she said a few of those. Yeah. I smell curry. Right. You know, um, yeah, some stuff like that. Do you think it was your beauty? And I'm not, you don't have to be humble here about it. You know, you're hot. Um, do you think it was your beauty, too, that made her hate you like 
she used the racial stuff, but by 10th grade, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of blossoming yeah. and we're get, and you were getting a lot of attention from boys. Do you think that's what was going on? Yeah. yeah. It's that girl stuff. She just, and I, I talked about this somewhere, but I, I'm so glad you bring that up because I've thought about it a lot. That was the only way she knew how to hurt me because nothing else was getting to me. I was right. not, I was not perturbed by her. I would walk in with my loose baggy jeans, change into short skirt and heels and sit in chemistry class and, and, you know, be good at it and get an A. I was not perturbed. And that's how she got to me. And she did. I left the country, literally. Um, but she won. She, she really won in a sense. Well, I don't know. Look at me now talking to you. I don't know why she well, I won you, in life. When, <laughs> do you think that was your drive? Like when you say you wanted every movie and in some sense, you know, to become world famous and even to become eventually famous in America, <laughs> that girl in 10th grade. I mean, a lot of what motivated me in my career. And I was Maybe. a, I, I'm like you. I wanted every radio job. I was hungry as hell. Yeah. But a lot of my motivation was to say, hey, fuck you to anyone who had ever fucked with me. Like, look at me now because plenty of people fucked with me. It me wasn't too. fun. I mean, yeah. I've, I, I've had. But because of this innate confidence in myself, and which is why I go back to my childhood, Howard, like I didn't feel unloved. In fact, I felt so much more equipped to be in the real world because very little perturbed me mm. because I felt like wherever I went and moved and lived with whoever I went and moved and lived with loved me and cherished me and wanted me there, even through my tough times with my aunt. And, you know, when she found out that my locker had you know, literally like the shortest shorts you've ever seen instead of books. <laughs> she still wanted me there. Like, right. you know, it, I wasn't, yeah, I was kicked out to my uncle's house because of the boy, because that she couldn't handle. But um, it was never, it, it was never like a rejection. You know, it was like family shit. Like, you know, no, I this mean, child that... needs to go to timeout instead of, Get her out of my house. It's never, there's never a get her. Like I was never rejected. So that gave me that confidence. I think now that we're unpacking it, I'm unpacking this in real time with you here. Okay. I've never talked right. about this in therapy. So go with me. Well, I, I mean, I, I just know you're never as comfortable with an aunt or an uncle as you are with your parents. Probably. And you're, you know, and, and, and some sort of in the back of your mind, you're like, why am I not with my parents and why are they not fighting to be with me? And then also, who is my aunt to be disciplining me? She's my aunt. She's not my mother. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, I don't know. That I, was I, very clear in the beginning. That was the one thing that my mom made very clear and my aunt made very clear. She was like, you want to stay here? My house, my rules. And right. I was like, well, you're not my mom. So I'm going to go to school and when I'm not in your house, not follow your rules. <laughs> so you were uh, someone who didn't struggle academically. You were able to get uh, high grades in chemistry and things like that. Well, I Plus didn't struggle academically in America because right. American high schools, I'm sorry, but the standard of education compared to the rest of the world, yeah. not the best. So I came from India and I was like, this is easy. I did this in sixth grade. And like, See, that guys, concerns me what you're saying. It's I concerning. Mean, and then know, suddenly kids are, go they go to um, college and there's this l huge expectation of them in 
estates. Um, and there's a huge expectation of them and their schooling and the education that they receive is far superior than they've been equipped to in public high school. I mean, I went back to India and I f- was failing everything. So the, so I can picture Priyanka Chopra coming to America, blossoming, being a great student, Showing up to school in her mini skirt and high heels that her aunt and uncle or anyone doesn't know about. And you're parading around the school. Everything is, <laughs> and I'm sure guys are hitting on you every 10 fucking minutes because you looked incredible. By 16, I kind of was aware of it a little bit. My friends do you, and I. What do you do with that? Do you see that as, oh, I have a superpower? I can get what I want. Or... Or did you become self-conscious in a way because all these other women are getting jealous and, and, and maybe not dealing well with you? Like what great beauty to me seems like becoming famous at an early age. You're getting all this attention from teachers. I'm sure teachers are hitting on you. I mean, I know what goes on. It must have been overwhelming. It's like getting superpowers. You know, I, damn, you're really good at this, huh? You're unpacking shit with me that like I haven't even thought about and I do a lot of interviews. Um, (laughs) So I think that I didn't have enough time because this awareness of, you know, what I looked like and the fact that people might find me attractive happened at about 16 for me, 15, 16 and Were you suddenly, invisible up until then, pretty much? I, I, I did. I felt invisible. I wanted to be invisible. I was right. told by, you know, the Indian community that came in, first generation that came into America, had to give up their familiarity, the language, the food, everything that they knew, and settle in a completely different country, right? So right. they teach their kids, they taught their kids, um, be invisible, don't cause trouble. We, by a lot of difficulty, have brought you here to give you a good life. Don't cause trouble, just be invisible. And I, my nature wasn't someone who wanted to be invisible. I wanted to be seen. So that conflict was, like, I was just figuring that out at 16. I was like, I don't want to be hidden. I don't want to be the girl that, you know, might... Teacher doesn't see if I have an answer. I want to be the main character in my life, you know? And, Mm. but my family was telling me that you have to just, you know, be invisible. And I think as soon as I realized that, oh, I have this thing that attracts people, people look. If I'm walking in a mall, I started doing it more. I would leave my hair down. I would, you know, like ask for the attention, which got me kicked out of my house, my aunt's house. Right. She's like, this is too much. Um, Couldn't handle your beauty. It was a lot it to wasn't manage. It was the beauty, though. I don't think it was the... It, it's not just... It's not. It just was the, the behavior beauty. around it. It was the yeah. behavior. It was the attention-seeking behavior I had. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think I had enough confidence and my parents instilled that confidence in me to be able to say she's a peacock. Great. Okay. Right. How do we equip you for this my mom was really clever and which is why i give my parents so much credence because they never tried to change me or they never tried to clip my wings and have me conform 
you know they always said all right here's a new situation who are you going to be and encouraged me i used to fall asleep on my parents laps at parties while they're hanging out with their friends and talking i never felt unwelcome i used to go to night shifts with my mom and dad and hang out with nurses when i was like 6 years old so i was always welcome wherever they went i am so envious of great beauty whether it's a man or a woman i mean i i never could get attention you know i couldn't attract my father my mother i couldn't mm. get them to respond to me and i mean i did it on the radio but the physical beauty and i, and I talked to my wife who is quite beautiful like at nine she started modeling and i'm like wow. what was that like and it's like it, it, when she describes the attention sometimes it's unbelievable walking into stores and people giving you things for free it's like being a, a rock star and yet also the attention sometimes is overbearing and sometimes really inappropriate to the point of yes. you know did you have those scary situations too where it was like oh fuck i can't even walk anywhere yes but i had like 2 years by the time i figured this out at 17 i had become miss india and then suddenly at 18 i had become miss world and i was thrown into a public profession where this became part of my job and I'm i was amazed i'm amazed by your life because <laughs> um th th i probably could spend 7 hours with you on just beauty pageants <laughs> and trying to understand this whole thing i know we haven't even unpacked that we haven't even unpacked <laughs> that so so let's jump around a little bit you come back to india now you're Priyanka the girl who has to have the bars put on the window cuz your father's like oh my god what did she turn into I this know, girl like, this is a monster can you imagine bars at, wait, wait how did your father put the bars on the window like did he hire a company yes, to come in yes, yes, he yes. did we, yes. and did you did you say dad what what, what what's going on well, here why was, are there bars on it was scary like this is one of those moments that you're talking about when i went back to india and i was in this small town and i was peacocking like i peacocked in my american high school <laughs> I had boys follow me home and one of them jumped into my balcony at oh night God. and that's why my dad was like fuck this bars <laughs> all your jeans are confiscated you're going to wear indian suits nothing happening like i had a driver drive me everywhere like he was freaked out so i get it i get it and but then my career oh, your happened poor father like, your poor father <laughs> i mean men following you i mean i don't know what the hell i would do But that's I insane. asked that's the thing like I I I feel so bad for my dad because I would ask for it like I would he was like you have to wear loose clothes when you go to you know after school tuitions I had because I had to catch up to Indian school after American right. high school I was failing everything so he was like you're going to wear loose clothes or are you going to wear Indian clothes so I was like all right I don't have any loose clothes I would take his shirts his favorite shirts tie them up and wear the jeans and like open out buttons in this small town in India where boys are like I didn't understand the gravity of it I thought I was un invincible in my 20s like I think about it now how did I get away with the shit that I did all of us I think but it was just uh, this invincible thing of I can get away with anything and But that day when somebody was outside of my bedroom it was Was this a guy you knew? No. Or you didn't even know you no. didn't even know this guy. No. And now he's camped out outside your and he bedroom. Was outside my balcony and I saw it and I screamed and I went to my dad and my dad came in and he jumped and he went away and like the next day it was my dad was like this you need rules. Rules. Priyanka, <laughs> with all of this happening, 
it never occurs to you like, hey, I'll be a movie star or I'll go into modeling or something because uh, because the way I have it is you went for your passport photo and uh, the guy who takes passport photos takes your picture and goes, hey, do you, you, you want to take some headshots? I mean, he boy, has those I, headshots know. up in his studio even now. <laughs> did you think this guy was coming on to you? Like, like, did you think, oh, here, here we go. We got to put more bars on the window because now the headshot my guy. My mom did. I was right. like, this is normal. Of course, yeah, he wants to take my <laughs> pictures. You know, yeah, okay. Everybody wants to Everybody take my wants picture. To take, I, I was so arrogant and vain in those two years of my life when I, and especially when I came back to India, because now there was suddenly this equity on me, which I didn't have in American high school, where the girls were bullying me, but I came back to this small town and everyone was like, oh my gosh, have you heard her? Have you seen how she dresses? She wears oh, I could imagine. She has oh my sunglasses. God. She's wearing foo-boo. Only rappers wear foo-boo, you know? Oh, in India, you must have been quite the sensation with the kids. I love it. You were all Americanized and like, uh, I'm leaning into it. Yeah. Had my headphones on and like. Did the Indian boys, when you went back to India, think, uh, wow, you must be loose because you wear these hot clothes? That's what they probably figured that like, oh, that's what it is. No, no, no girls around here dress like that, I guess. I didn't even give a shit. I was too busy enjoying it. Like, I didn't think about it. That's crazy. They probably did. So your mother, <laughs> she goes ahead and takes your passport photos and submits them to the no, mist. No, no, mis- no. She no? didn't. I got it wrong. Little bit. But like this guy says, let me take glamour shots of you. I take passport photos, but I'm going to take glamour shots of you. Can you come back? Bring some clothes. So I go and tell my mom this. And she was like, uh-uh, what? He asked, he asked you to do what? <laughs> 16. <laughs> and she yeah. storms into this into this um, studio with me and she was like you asked my daughter to do what get clothes he was like listen she's beautiful i just want to take some pictures of her and my mother was like not without me and she goes back and she was like she asked me again my parents instilling confidence in me that whatever decisions you take the consequence is yours so what do you want to do you want to take pictures with this guy i will be with you what do you want to wear and i was like Okay, so I picked a few clothes. I was like, can I wear this? Can I wear that? And she was like, I'm around you. So do whatever you want because I'm around you. I got you. This this thing of you've got to let your kids do dangerous things carefully. Like my parents let me do, push the boundaries, but they were watching, you know, and I, I see myself doing that now. Yeah, I mean... um, Listen, I've heard horror stories from women. I mean, let, let's be serious for a second. Who yeah. have gone to photo studios like that Terrible. and they don't come out. This, bad things happen there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, the fact that your mother at least was protective. Oh, my mother so, was so aware because I would have gone back and who knows what would have happened. They probably would not have been glamour shots and it could have been a weird situation. But she yeah. was not about it. And eventually I got glamour shots, which were, yeah, sent to the pageant. <laughs> So they, so they send in this application to be in the, in the Miss India pageant. And I don't know how many women are involved in this thing, but were you kind of mortified or were you like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go be in a beauty pageant. So for context, I think, you know, in pageants in India and around the rest of the world outside of the U.S. have a very dif- different and distinct 
perspective or the way per- perception, the way people look at them versus in the States. I have seen that there's not a lot of respect associated with a pageant. It's more like hairspray and, you know, um, just physical features and versus back in the day, at least, um, in India, like the pageants were really revered. And I know that in South America, it's the same, a lot, big parts of Europe, it's the same where, you know, there's a lot of, um, importance given to how eloquently you speak, how you behave, your choice of words and your opinions on things. So when I was flattered, basically, this is my round winded way of saying when I got a call, this is again, going to that teenage vanity thing. I got a call. I happened to be home eating like meals between my two classes or something. Phone rang. I picked it up and they were like, Oh, Miss India pageant. We're calling for Priyanka. Um, you have to be in Delhi in three days, bring a bathing suit. Don't wear makeup and bring heels. Um, see there. And I was like, uh, Priyanka who? Chopra. Okay, okay, great, great, great. She gave me the address. I wrote it down. I hung up and I was like, mom, look how famous I am. They know me at the Miss India. You had no idea they entered you. Because I've come back from America. Right. Wow. (laughs) You you have a high opinion of yourself. I really did. I was such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) So what, so, so another way, like to me, I know here in America, you see all these, um, documentaries on beauty pageants women actually go to like places and they have to like learn how to pose in a bathing suit they need to learn uh, elocution to answer the questions properly i mean you know it's like a whole it's a whole industry these beauty pageants did you just charge up there and go and walk around in a bathing suit and then win no we had about 30 days to prep. Now I'm a competitive girl and I'm very prep oriented. So whenever I go into a situation like in ninth grade, I didn't know how the cafeteria in America works in like a school. Like we bring, um, lunch from home in India. So I was like, all right, I'm going to observe this. I used to observe other students do it. I watched for about a week till I got confident about you give the money, you get the tray, like people put the food, whatever. So that's just been my approach in general. So 30 days leading up to the pageant, everybody else was a model. They gave us the opportunity to meet experts in the field. So hair and makeup would come and meet us, you know, elocution, speaking, walking, talking, all of that happened over 30 days. People were taking your pictures, you're meeting press. Um, and I just observed and learned and learned and absorbed as much as I could. And the one thing I knew I had going for me is... I'm okay. I can string a couple of words well together. You know, I can. A lot I, of. I, I mean, let's. I don't want to be a, a uh, say it in a way that uh, is a cliche, but a lot of the women cannot. Right. Put words together. They can't answer a simple question. Right. You, you know what I mean? You've that, seen on Instagram some of the goofier examples of women <laughs> know, not being able to. It's just. And it's like a stressful situation too but that's something i knew i could do i was like okay i might i'm not the prettiest girl in the room these women have extreme like experience i'm the youngest like 16 and 17 and i was just like the one thing i can do is be smart up there and i know that in india they look for that you want you know the person representing the country to be you know well-spoken well you know presentable traditional a good ambassador for your country and did you have to uh, did you have to have a talent 
Well, I thought I had a talent. I thought you I sing, sing, right? Well, no, well, listen, you've had record contracts. I mean, you've actually put out music. Why are you wincing? Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a pop career for like two seconds. Yes. You had a pop career for like three years. I mean, <laughs> this is a blessed life. I mean, I, I can't believe all this stuff you've done. But I know. <laughs> lo and behold, you're up against all these women in the Miss India. You win the Miss India. They stick you in Miss World. Against what? 90-something women. 96 women from around the world. 96 women from around the world. And you win that one, too. Yeah, I was 18. Jerry Springer, RIP, was our um, host that year. It was the year 2000. (laughs) Wow. It was in London. It was called the Millennium Year. So I'm the Millennium Miss World. I guess there's not going to be another one in our lifetimes. <laughs> At the time, did it seem so important to you? Was it like, I got to win this thing? Oh, you... yeah. It was life and death. There's nothing else that mattered. That was, wow. It was like an athlete for me. I was like, now that I'm here, I'm, I can't lose it. I'm too close. Like right. I didn't aim for this, but now that I'm here, I, I see it. I see the finish line and I got it. It was just, I'm competitive. You don't want to play you get board the sash? with me. Did you wear the sash and you had the crown and the whole deal? All of it. Train, sash, crown. Is it a one-piece bathing suit or do you have to march out there in a bikini? No, I was never forced into wearing a one. In, in fact, that's amazing. The chairperson of Miss World that year had become a woman and she eliminated the swimwear around my year from the stage. And we actually shot packages on actual beaches um, which makes a lot more sense <laughs> to have right, a to be on a beach on a and beach, a bathing suit, <laughs> um, rather than with heels on a stage. And she eliminated it that my year, so I didn't even have to wear a bathing suit on stage. Priyanka, that is what has ruined beauty pageants. <laughs> it's a, it's a sexist thing. Guys want to. Who do you think I is watching it. beauty pageants? Yeah, a lot of people God. watched it my year. I'll tell you that they had like crazy viewership, and we didn't wear bathing suits. We wore them. You watched, you saw it on your TV. We were just right. on a beach, which made so much more sense. Do you um, spend like endless days dieting, getting yourself ripped, going into the gym in order to prepare for these this bathing suit segment of uh, the Miss World competition? Was it an insane workout? Yeah, but I knew I wasn't going to win that shit. Like I didn't even fly. Listen, I focused on my strengths. I was like, I got, I got like stretch marks and I'm skinny and I don't like, I don't have that model thing. So I picked a one suit, one piece. What um, do you mean you have stretch marks? At 18, you had stretch marks? Yeah, yeah. Girls really? get stretch marks very young sometimes. Yeah, we do. Our bodies change so much and, um, you have like stuff that happens to our bodies very young. And, uh, I have stretch marks, but that's a different enough. story. Not yes. talked about Didn't enough. Come in young? <laughs> yeah, my, my, my stretch marks came in at 13. My puberty was a disaster. For some people, it yeah. does, y'all. And, 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 uh, and so the magic continues. You win Miss World, and then you get signed for four movies within six months of winning, which is, this is fucking nuts. I not mean, in India. So in it's India, not. in the Indian film industry, we've had previously beauty pageant winners that made a seamless transition into movies because film producers are like well they're so famous already they have a fan base they're gorgeous you know perfect transition into movies so we've had like Sushmita Sen, Aishwarya Rai, Juhi Chavla so many famous Indian actors who come from pageants so it was like the natural progression when I won everyone was watching they were like all right Next girl to cast in movies. And, um, I didn't know what I mean, to do it does, with it. 
you're right. There's so many movies made in India. People don't. Re- my, but one of my good friends is uh, he lives in India, and he um, uh, sends me movies from India all the time. And I mean, it's like just ten billion movies coming out every week. It's just an amazing film industry. It's huge. Well, because um, unlike the states, which is one language, predominantly one city. India is multiple industries within one country because we have multiple languages. So we have regional language movies and regional language industries as well, which contribute to the aggregate numbers. So it comes up to about a thousand movies produced a year. But our edges, we do have, you know, multiple languages, multiple movie industries working at the same time. So it would almost be like if you had seven or eight states in America that had their own independent industries and their own independent languages. Wow. So we, we enjoy the benefit of that very much. Yeah. So you get this movie contract. Your dad had been managing you a bit between yeah. putting bars on the windows. I mean, this poor guy. <laughs> this poor I mean, guy went you, through it, man. Yeah, I mean, really, just crazy. <laughs> but but then you go and look for a manager, and oh, you you, you talked yeah you talk to some dude who tells you, listen, Priyanka, honey, you gotta yeah uh, we're gonna fix your tits. We're gonna fix your what 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 did he suggest to you that he was gonna what, what did you need to fix in order to go in the movies. Well, I need bigger boobs, for sure. Bigger boobs? You I have big it. boobs. Well, I mean... No, uh, I have, like, great, great for me. They're neither big, they're neither small. They're they're. Priyanka, right I, watch your, I watch your movies. Uh, I'm saying C-cup. <laughs> I'm giving you a C-cup. Am I off base? Am I out of, no, am I out of my... you're pretty accurate. I can see you're that, damn your, right. that your experience that, precedes you're you. Very, <laughs> you're very blessed. You don't need new boobs. Uh, no, he... I know, but at that time, he thought that I needed to be a little bit more bosom heavy. Um, oh, God. Can you imagine you with bigger, like a D or, you know, I, know, I mean, crazy. It, it's crazy. But anyway, he suggests you get a boob job, you mm-hmm. fix your jaw. No, nose job, boob job. He was just like, you know, you need to lighten skinned. Um, you just need mm-hmm. to be a little bit more um, presentable for the movies. And so you say, fuck you, you're not my manager, right? That was it. <laughs> no, it was actually also a film producer. The manager didn't say anything in this meeting. It was a movie producer who said it uh. in the general meeting and made me stand up and turn around. Look, at that time, and Howard, you've been in this industry for a long time. Tell me how normalized that kind of behavior was for women back in the day. But very normalized. In fact, uh, you you had to comply or if you wanted it was, to be it involved. It was normal. Yeah, you. it was... I thought it was part of my job and kind of in a less objective way, it still is now, you Mm -hmm. know, you'd have got, I can train to look a certain way in a movie now, but I've also reached the position I have for young people who come into movies. I mean, I'm sure they're not made to walk around and twirl and like, you know, um, derobe or anything anymore because we talk about it so much more but there there was a normalization of the objectivity especially around a female body tremendously so this the conversation was so just like normal that i didn't think anything of it that there wasn't a bone in my body that was like fuck you you know what i mean right well there was a story that was some guy cast you in a movie and he said to you listen priyanka you need to be in your panties for at least four oh, yeah. minutes, right? <laughs> that I was mad. You, you need to be in your panties for at least four minutes. And he said, and you go, well, why? Because it was totally gratuitous. And, and he says to you, uh, because why else would anyone come to this movie if you're not in your panties for four <laughs> oh, minutes? And, and it's, uh, it's, that's an incredible logic, but I guess he was being honest. 
that one got me. I mean, I I've heard a lot of sexist shit in the industry, and you know, um, I've heard people just objectify, dismiss, talk about you as if you're not in the room. Um, How bad does that get when you say people talk about you when you're not in the room? Like, have you sat in a room where like guys were discussing you? Yeah, like filmmakers would discuss me and would be like, you know, she's put on too much weight or she's lost too much weight or... Right there while you're sitting here. <laughs> like, in other words, they turn to the other guy, she's too heavy for this movie. She's got to lose 15. <laughs> she needs to lose a couple of... Yeah, with the, the, yeah, with the design. It was very normal. I mean, people don't do it to me anymore. And maybe because I've been doing this for 23 years and I won't stand for it. In the last past decade, it's not happened to me. But yeah, and I'm sure it still continues to happen to people in veiled words and in, in veiled actions. What do you do when someone, take me into your world, what do you do when someone's sitting there, two guys are sitting there and go, she needs to lose 15 pounds. Do you say, excuse me, I, you, I'm here, I can hear this, or no, do you, you just sit there? You just sit there. You don't do anything. I didn't. I, I won't say you right. don't because some people do. I didn't do anything at that time because I thought that's part of the job. Nobody told me otherwise. But then 20 years later, you sit on Howard Stern, unpack it and discuss that, oh shit, it probably affected me and, and, you know, made me feel like the opposite of what my parents did, which was empowered and confident. Here I felt dehumanized almost where you were like, okay, now how am I going to win? I'm going to win by making sure I am most attractive. I'm the flavor of the season. I like, I had to, it was navigating these expectations, which are crazy when you're just like 19 or 20 at that time and the pressure of it. Um, but I was, I was very blessed to be able to, you know, get out of it. I have a lot of colleagues and friends who've not seen the other side in a very healthy way. Um, and have given into the darkness, but I, I had a very sensible, my parents were very sensible with me throughout this journey. This crazy, I mean, gave up their careers in their forties to be able to do this with me. Honestly, didn't know if I would make it or not, but my dad was like, she's not doing this alone. I can't put bars on her apartment in Mumbai. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, thinking about this too. Do you, uh, your father now is deceased. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing, I, w I wanted to see that tattoo on your wrist. That's uh, your father's handwriting, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Good you, handwriting um, for a doctor, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you actually <laughs> tricked your father into that. I'm sure he didn't want you to get a tattoo. No. But uh, when he was sick, he, you said, Dad, would you write Daddy's little girl down on this sheet of paper? And uh, you said, uh, you know, would you do that for me? And then, uh, of course, when you showed him the tattoo, you said, hey, I hope I hope you're not disappointed in me for doing this. Um I was wondering if you have sort of a weird feeling about your luck with the medical field. In other words, your father, he went in for surgery, he had cancer, and they nicked one of his organs. It, but there was an accident where it really screwed him up. And you went in, you had a polyp in your nose that was a, a, a thing, and the doctor screwed you up. They almost took away your career because your nose collapsed. Because they, they, whatever they did, they scraped too much and you didn't have support for your nose. And I'm thinking those two incidents, when you go to a hospital now, you must have this fear that like they're just going to fuck it up. I mean, I, I already did because I have a lot of people in the medis medical field and, you know, 
you kind of see it from a place of everyone who's doing that job is also human. Right. I'm, I was pissed as hell when that happened. It took my dad two years getting out of it. But I see my parents in situations where, you know, they're human. They come back home to their families. They've not slept nights. They're dealing. It's, so I, I have a tumultuous kind of relationship with the medicine. I, I could never be a doctor. I think it takes way too much courage to have someone's life in your hands. That's right. crazy. Like I literally play act for a living. Like I don't have the guts for that. So I admire it tremendously, but I mean, they're, they're people. You went to a doctor for a polyp in your nose and they essentially collapsed your nose. Did And you lost movie work in India because of it, because it affected your, 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 know, your look, obviously. Were you near suicidal over that? Were you like just, oh, my God, my I, I'm getting these huge breaks. I'm about to break into the film industry. And now this. Um, what was that like for you? It was a dark phase. I mean, it's so long ago, so I don't remember it as clearly. It was like 2002, I think. And pictures of the time, two and three. I mean, I grew up in the public, so you can Google any shit, honestly, <laughs> about me. But I was about 19, 20, 18, 19, 20, somewhere there. And I had been signed for all of these big movies. And this thing happens. My face looks completely different. And mm. I went into a deep, deep depression. Um, my father, who's a surgeon, was very upset that this happened because he blamed himself. He was like, why wasn't I there? Like, how, how could I have had a conversation with the doctor, fixed it, whatever, and went down the rabbit hole of wanting to fix it because I was so depressed. And, you know, heightened teenage feelings at that time, like this opportunity has been given to you, which I never expected, anticipated or right. dreamt of. And then you just take it away from you. It was like the rug was pulled from under me. I was thrown out of three movies there was a screen test done for a movie and then it was shelved um and it wow. was very embarrassing and i thought it was over before it started how bad did the depression get it was bad i wouldn't leave like my house at all um and i was forced obviously i was filming at the time like i was you know i was working on these movies so i had to go to set and I used to experiment with like makeup to make you know really heavy makeup to make it look different and and then my dad was like we've got to do another surgery and I was terrified of that and he was like I will be in the room with you a friend of mine will do it and he was in the room wow. with me when it happened he was in the OR with me um and slowly that sort of built he held my hands through it and helped me build back my confidence and, you know, a few movies that I was able to keep um, and, you know, helped me fix my nose, my appearance, my confidence by the time I got to this job where I was supposed to play a lead. And then I was shifted to the supporting uh, character Boy. after I was I was signed in the movie because of this. But that filmmaker was very kind. And he said to me at that time, he was like, listen, no one's going to know till the movie comes out, you know, that. I'm not going to throw you out of the movie. I won't do that to your career because I've seen three other movies that have done that to you. 
but just to go with it, you know, just wow, what give a good it your hundred percent. His name is Anil Sharmaya. He, he like, while the tide was against me, said it'll be a small part, but give it your all. And I did. And I got great did, reviews. Did you sue the doctor who uh, did that to you? No, at that time we were so busy trying to, could have, but you know, in mm. India we don't have like sue culture. And I was so busy trying to revive what I'd lost and trying to figure out work. And my parents were trying to play catch up with this career that, you know, they had all moved and up, you know, upturned their lives. And my brother, who was just 10 years old, he was now living in America with my aunt because, mm. you know, we were figuring out where we were living and it was just a crazy time. Nobody had time to f do the right thing. We were just surviving. When you were becoming a big star in India, did you used to sit there and think, this is okay, but I really want America. If I get to America, then I know if I'm, if I'm in the movies in America, that's, that's the ticket. Hollywood is number one. Hollywood is the, you know, in other words, was yeah. this unsettled feeling in you that I've got to get to America and make movies there? <laughs> no, it was never no? my ambition. Wow. America really? Was never my ambition. Because, and Did I it seem impossible? No, it was never an ambition because we enjoy an incredibly huge film industry in India. Um, right. I, I don't think people really in, in the States understand the gravity and the fan um, love that we as Indian actors enjoy, like most, a lot of Indian actors. Yeah, it's great to be able to, you know, work in another country and, and, and work with amazing people, but the ambition to want to make it doesn't exist for a lot of Indian talent because they have, you know, they're financially set. They have incredible love from a diaspora that lives across the world and not just in one country. So our movies release around the world, including the States in mainstream theaters. So it's like, it was not an, I wanted to make it in Hindi movies. I was like, Oh man, I want to work with the, the best filmmakers and the best actors. And I really want to be known as, you know, the actor that broke the glass ceiling for female actors. That, that was my ambition in, so in movies that time. When you, uh, come to America and audition for Quantico, which you ended up getting and made you in America. Yeah. Were you insulted in a way, like, not insulted, I'm, I'm sure you understood, but like all of a sudden now you've been in 50 films and now they want you to audition for a, for a role in a movie or a TV show in this case? Yeah, I thought about that because I hadn't yeah. auditioned in years um, and I thought about it, but that's the difference between someone who goes and does the job and, you know, thinks about it. I could have sat, thought about it, been offended by it, not done it. I wouldn't have the career that I have right now. Um, right. But I was like, different country, different rules, you know, different circus, different elephants. <clears throat> I have to learn how you work. And also, I um, had I'd started collecting some amazing people in my team through my two-second pop career, <laughs> my manager, Anjula, my um, publicist, Dana, like these are people who started informing me culturally about, you know, what this was like. And there's a normalization to, you know, people auditioning in Hollywood, whether that's big actors, established actors, and that doesn't exist in my country. There's right. no chance that would happen. So that just happens with newer talent. So it was a cultural shift i had to understand it and 
you know, like I said, I'm a prep oriented girl. I went and I took acting lessons, diction classes. I worked before I did my audition. I taped it three or four times before I sent it. I showed it to executives. I took opinions and then I sent it in. Got the job. I mean, you totally can get rid of your accent. I mean, you know how to do it. <laughs> I can do a lot of accents. Like now I'm, I'm, it's so fucking confused. Even I don't know what, like if you speak to me in an American accent, I'll speak to you in an American accent. As soon as you speak to, I'm, I'm speaking to someone who has an Indian accent, I will have an Indian accent. When I'm emotional wow. or pissed off, it's Indian all the way. How many languages can you speak? Only two, Hindi and English. Two. Yes. Wow. And your English obviously would be good because you went to school in, in America. And I mean, you really grew well, up here. Well, that kinda. too, but also India was colonized for over 300 years and the queen left but she left her english behind so um most people in india um are aware and can understand english a lot of people get the opportunity and the choice to educate their children either in hindi or in english or any number of regional languages so our education system is multilingual as well so do you slip up do you ever like when you're on set and you're doing a part and then all of a sudden the the indian accent creeps in do you have to sit there and go oh, shit i gotta retake that oh yeah um and the other way around is when i'm doing a movie in india my american accent creeps in and like the director's like no 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 don't roll your r's like that um, are you are you considered like a hero in India in the sense that when when you got on American television, I don't think there was a, a South Asian lead on a network television show before you or something that I that I know of. No, um, there wasn't, you know, did people come up to you and go, yeah, right on, you know, you're 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 breaking through you're 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 getting us somewhere or was it just kind of unrecognized? Um, I don't think it was unrecognized, but I don't, I think that I had, um, I focus on the support. I think there may have been skepticism about how far my career would go in this part mm. of the world just because of a lack of too much precedence. Um, there's not been too many people, um, that look like me that have been able to break mainstream entertainment, especially from India. Um, but also like there are like seven or eight of us in Hollywood right now and we can like name each other, you know, we support each other. We are friends right. with each other. So I, I just think that there's a, no there needs to be a normalization, of course, of Indian South Asian talent, um, in lead roles in mainstream parts and mainstream, um, entertainment. So yes, it, I think that there was, there's a lot of support that I have received, but there was definitely skepticism of how far I will land. I mean, I think that's still maybe. Think, do you think when they cast you in a lead, like even with this new show, which I love, Citadel, and like, you know, you got the, the you're working with that hot guy in the new movie you got coming out. Do you think they feel like they have to cast you with a white guy instead of like two Indian lead actors? Do you think there's still some of that at play? No, because my next movie, um, I'm, you know, I'm not working with just a white guy. I'm working with Idris Alva and um, John Cena. And in another movie I'm doing with Mindy Kaling, I will be cast with Indian guys. So right. I think now with, I would like to give a credit to my generation of, you know, talent in, in entertainment that have wanted to push the boundaries and have behind the camera and in front of the camera, um, and audiences that have demanded hyper and culturally specific material. Like streaming is a different ball game. It's very different yeah. than how the world consume entertainment has changed so much that it's going to define the entertainment we make. And I'm just so proud to be, um, 
in the mix to where I'm able to do that, where literally Citadel is uh, an American TV show, has an Indian and an Italian installment as well. And all of those stories are connected. And now three of the largest industries in the world are coming together to contribute to one show like that or a movie that's never happened. Do you feel when, when you know, we read in the paper that Citadel costs $185 million or something, whatever the budget is for their, do you feel pressure? Do you personally go, shit, this thing's got to be good. This has got to be big because they're banking a lot of money on me. They're not, you know, this is not some small well, I, budget film. I mean, I would have if it didn't have the people associated with it, associated right. with it. Like if it was just Russo's. my name on, you know. If it was just on that, then yes, I I have done that in the past where, you know, my name is the one that attracts people and that's fucking scary. That's terrifying yeah. and the pressure is insane. But here I am sharing the burden with a, a huge amount of people. The Russo brothers, of course, Amazon Studios, of course, Richard, Stanley Tucci. There's just ama amazing amount of people, Leslie Manville, propping us up that I, I don't this, feel that. This Citadel will be big. I could, I mean, I, I know it's going to go for a long, long time. You heard it really it is. First. <laughs> but does <laughs> it work? You. Priyanka, is it, is it as big a deal for you financially when you work with these streaming services? Like in the old days, if you would put out Citadel in the movies, um, you know, you'd have back end dollars and all that other stuff. Nowadays, there's no opportunities for actors to really get in on that, right? You can't make yeah, the same because... kind of money. Well, the, the conversation around how the data and the numbers around streaming is, it's, is, is an ongoing conversation, right? Like we're still figuring it out in real time what that backend system could look like potentially. Um, but I think people compensate on the top, uh, because when you do a job like that. Uh, right. because there is no compensation with, or we're still trying to figure out what the appropriate compensation on the back end is. Right now, Citadel is the number one Amazon title globally. I mean, it's already big. It is because it's great. It's uh, it's so yeah. James Bond and whatever. I don't even want to compare it to anything else, but it's just <laughs> but really, you know really what good. I really love about it. What? Tell mm -hmm. me, tell me. You, your <gasps> character, is the most competent spy. Yay. Right. It's not like she's <laughs> part of. Oh, we're bringing her along, and she's pretty good. It's like no. She's the one who really knows her stuff. <laughs> well, I'm just annoyed that I, I watched the first three and then I got to wait a week to get the next one. So I'm, I not, I'm I so, I'm, I'm really boat. pissed about that. It's really, <laughs> it's, it really, it really sucks you in. Now, now, yeah. I mean, and then the other magical aspect of your life, if this hasn't been magical enough for people, um, you know, you come to America, you get Quantico, you were in that Baywatch movie, the next thing, you know, and, and it's building and building and building. It seems like things have gone along easily, but, um, um, I mean, you know, I don't see many kind of like failures. I mean, you see your music career as not being as big as you wanted it to be, but I mean, you, you know, you did well with that. I mean, it wasn't like it, but here, I'll play one of your songs. Yeah. I'll play, hey, <laughs> Pitbull's coming in tomorrow. This is you with Pitbull, uh, oh, exotic. There you are.
By the way, I hope you enjoyed my dancing. I did. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a really good dancer. I don't want to get into it. This isn't about me. It's about you today. Um, by the way, uh, Pitbull's coming in tomorrow. I need to do a song with that guy. Maybe I'll he's do one also. Awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. I will absolutely say that. But and now, I guess, I guess, in a way, you had to fall in love with a pop star. Yeah. This uh, Nick Jonas character who doesn't deserve you, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, no. uh, you know, <laughs> he's not good enough for you. But uh, it, I find that an amazing story, too. First of all, your wedding was way over the top. I mean, yeah. I was reading about your wedding. I never said I'm subtle. Listen. I mean, what was it like a three day affair in several different countries? I mean, what no. did this? No, what was the wedding and how much did it cost you? It had to be millions of dollars, this, this wedding. Well, we did it in India. That helped. <laughs> right. That keeps things down. <laughs> it was in the south of France. Um, right. but, but also I, Indian hospitality is the best in the world. So, um, you know, where else would I get a castle like that? Listen, I had dreamt of getting married and, you know, in a dreamy, dreamy way since I was a little girl. I always loved the idea and the the fascination of family and the celebration. And I loved going to weddings. Um, so I knew that mine would be special, intentional. But over the top. I mean, didn't they braid your hair? I mean, it was like crazy. Yeah, I had a 75 foot train casually. <laughs> 75 foot train. I mean, that's, uh, that's a princess. This Casual. Is, this is a 75 foot train. Listen, why not? If you, I bought my first diamond myself. I get, you know, why not have a 75 foot train? It's, it's like, I wanted to have, and also just for context, Indian weddings are multiple days, um, because yes. when Indian weddings happen, it's, um, a union of families. It's, it's not, it's rarely about the guy and the groom. It's the first few days are pre-wedding ceremonies. So the families kind of get to know each other. Everyone in the family and the extended family has a role to play. So by the end of the wedding, when you have the reception, everyone knows everyone and you know who's what. And that, that's what happened to Nick and my family too. By the end of our three days, like people had become lifelong friends and they still stay in touch now. And it was really wonderful to see that. You, if, for you to fall in love and to really trust someone because you're the girl who had to put bars on her windows, uh, back in India. Oh, but I'm a lover. I, you are I a fall. Lover. I, and, and I fall and I fall hard. And that's the only way I know how to love is the slippery slope. And I love going down it. But this, this, um, this relationship, the way that the, the, I love a romantic story. <laughs> and I feel that it wasn't love at first sight with you and Nick. In other words, you had met him years ago. And uh, he was way interested in you. I don't understand this. <laughs> he was way interested in you. He saw you in something. I think he saw you in Quantico. Yeah, I think the billboard. His brother, Kevin, saw the show. And the billboards and stuff were up. And he told Nick that he should meet me. So everyone was feeling that so crazy. Priyanka and Nick should meet. It was like, this is going to be just based on nothing, really. Nothing. They just, Isn't that nothing. odd? Yeah. One of my, yeah, my co-actors, Graham, on Quantico as well, who had done a movie with Nick, and I was dating somebody else at that time and, you know, just at the tail end of it. And he was like, you have to date Nick. Nick's the, he's the guy for you. And I was like, what is happening? There was just like the universe was just 
you know, Nick everywhere. Were you um, some slightly put off by the fact that he was a musician and in the music industry? Like maybe it's a little too much with the groupies and this and that. Like, what do I need no, I that aggravation? I you like, like that? I love musicians so i've been an actor way too long and i've dated too many of them to want to be with one but right. the musician thing is so hot um so that was like a big yes and i just Priyanka, what is wrong with actors i've heard other actors say this in other words i no would man. never ma is the problem <laughs> that they're never happy for you when you're successful because they're they're angry that they're not as successful is it it's sort of a competitive thing uh, in a way maybe I, I just it's never been seamless and secure for me and maybe i have friends who are married to other actors and i have friends who i know are in amazing long relationships but for me personally it just was slightly competitive weirdly insecure i just it was just never this and my husband acts too i mean uh right. but obviously his primary career is is you know being a musician but i don't know i i i started unpacking it when i started going to his shows and i think musicians and you tell me if this hypothesis is accurate but i think they have people wrapped around their fingers live for 2 hours and like you could do anything on that stage and these people who bought tickets and are your fans like just love and dote on everything that is coming out coming out of you that that's an insane power. Like I have yep. to spend 90 days on a set and work with like 300 people editing a movie to be able to get that, you know, so we're in maybe get it. Right. Maybe get it. So I feel like actors, we're insecure because we stand on the shoulders of a lot of people to be who we are versus a musician, especially those who write their own music. And like, that's like insane, man. That's it's very hot to me. I think musicians live in a rarefied air. And, you know, we've talked about this on the show many times. They don't even live in reality. They don't have to because you as an actor, you still have to answer to someone totally. on the set. You know, you're still yeah, rooted in boss. reality. Yeah, right. You've got a boss. Yeah. Musicians, they wow. can create any reality they want in their life. And when they walk in, the job starts. Right. Unlike us, who have to walk in on our call time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's why I would think he would also be a little bit leery of hooking up and eventually marrying a musician because they live in such a bubble. That maybe they couldn't be grounded enough to really love and be in a relationship. Absolutely. And that probably was a subliminal concern back in my head when I, you know, didn't really jump into it. But I was also in a complex situation in my life at that time. Like I wanted to take some time for myself. I, you know, didn't want to date. I just, I was in back to back relationships. So it was just a complex time. But I think that Nick knocked the socks out of me because him and his family are unbelievably grounded, humble, and together people. Like they operate as a real family, talk to each other all the time, are there for each other in the big bad times and the good times. And to be able to see that and see the success and the love that they have enjoyed and the, you know, 
fans that um, they have enjoyed and yet to be able to be so grounded, thoughtful and generous. It was so disarming to me when I first met Nick. I was like, this is unbelievable. How are you Nick, like this? Nick walked up to you at an Oscar party the first time and he grabbed <laughs> your hand on the way out and he got down on one knee and he said, Priyanka, you're real. Where have you been all my life? Now, why then was it like a year or so after that incident that you even began to say, like the guy got on his knee, I mean, which we all do to you, <laughs> but he gets on his knee and he says, Priyanka, you're real. Uh, uh, I mean, he's coming on very strong. Where have you been all my life? Did that feel absurd to you, stalkerish, or did you did did that charm you? And why did you wait so long to really get romantic with him? It was such a prince charming moment. It was like time stopped, and also he was like so hot, and like I didn't know him, and it I was at the Vanity Fair party. It was really like a meet cute from a movie, and he just held my hand, and I turned around, and he was in his suit, and he goes down on his knees, and I was like, and I think time stopped. Uh, I was on my way to, at the Vanity Fair party, they had the In-N-Out burger stand. And I was on my way to cook at that burger. And even that, like, I just, it was all slow motion. Um, you walk, but, after this guy, let, let, let me analyze this. <laughs> after this guy makes this declaration, where have you been all my life? I go to the airport. You you, you go to the airport. Like, in other words, you went, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then goodbye. I had like, a drink in other words, with, like, he got me a drink. He was like, one drink. And I got a drink, but, you know, my, my manager at the back was like, flight. We have a flight. I was going to Zimbabwe for a UNICEF trip or something like that. I, I remember. Does he get your uh, number? Yes, he. He did. I don't know. Did he get my number then? But I would get your number. I mean, I wouldn't I even come up to you. I think he had my number at that time. We, we, he had my number at that time. We'd been exchanging texts but never met. Wow. This is crazy to me. Different cities all the In time. In this day and age. Priyanka with text. I mean, like the shit goes down when two hot people want each other. I don't understand. He knocked your socks off. You met him. You thought he was cute. He's a musician. He checks off all the boxes. You run off. And what is it like a year later? He finally like, I don't know, something at the Met Gala. He he ran into you there. Well, he at the the met god where we didn't go with each other somehow we landed at the same time on the carpet and i look i was fixing my adjusting my dress and i look up and it was like oh of, of course it's nick at the met call at the same time as me and right. we talked a little bit and he was like listen let's stay in touch and let's try to meet and it's like you know spend some time together let's just give it a real shot and i was like yeah sure of course you know we're always in different cities we have these like crazy careers i wasn't looking for a relationship at that time it was just i was just like i need to figure out where my where my grounding is where do i live do i live in america do i live in india where's my career where's my family i don't have friends right now i'm like i just didn't have you know ground under my feet and and so is he texting you at this point with, with we no ground under your feet? And he's saying, hey, come on, let's go we on a texting. date. He asked me out on a few amazing dates. One of them was the White House for, I think, President Obama's. Did you go? No. <laughs> you didn't go? You mean Nick texts you. Look at you. first dates he asked me for. He, he said, come to <laughs> come with me to the Obama White House. Yeah. And do something there i mean i there was some i think it was his um a farewell dinner or some something i'm oh. not sure but and you deal. said no 
Why would you do that? You're attracted to the guy. He checks the boxes. What? Because you couldn't figure out where to live. <laughs> I, I was mean, filming that day. She so had I couldn't. no friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I what don't a, know, what man. I, I think I was wow. Just you are something. No, I think you... I was. I was afraid of, um, you know, getting into anything at that time. I when I was afraid, like, of getting my heart broken. I was afraid of, wow. of just. I had just been through the ringer. And I was just like, I you had need- been burned in your previous relationship. Yeah, just general running or, you know, my previous relationship, my um, general move of continent and leave everything familiar Why? behind. Priyanka, you're so beautiful. You're exciting. You're successful. Why are, were men leaving you? Was that it? Was there like men giving up on you? And not loving you the no, proper way? No, no, no. I've been, I've been blessed. I've, I've, I've been loved beautifully in, in the past. But, you know, I, relationships just didn't work out and they, they run their course. Um, sometimes you grow apart. Sometimes. Uh, and it you hits know, you hard. Yeah. But it, you know, you've invested and I've, I've had, I had my previous relationships have been longer relationships. Um, and you're always invested. So that hits you. Like I said, I'm a all or nothing kind of gal. Had you ever wanted to get married before, Nick? Had you ever gotten to the point where you said, you know what? I think I want to be married to this guy. I may have thought about it, but the difference with Nick was I just kind of went with it. He put the ring on my finger before I said yes. I I just, I have this incredible trust and faith in Nick from the beginning from the t- first time he, like we went out on a real date he just he's so in control of the environment around him and i'm a tornado so he, where was the real date where did you guys go we went to watch well he was smart he told me he's like i have a few tickets i'm going with my friends if you would like to come so he disarmed me by not having the pressure of just him and i he had three of his friends i brought a friend of mine we went to tickets beauty, to what beauty and the beast at the hollywood bowl Oh, that's smart. It was beautiful. Take you somewhere. Yeah, and then and then like if he's yeah, bombing in the conversation, at least exactly, there's something to watch. Yes. And and I have something to watch and I have friends to talk to, but we watched the show. We I met his brother Kevin that day for the first time, his friends. He met smart. my friend. We Did you get all decked out for that? Did you like put on one of those hot outfits? No, I forgot what I was wearing, but my husband remembers. He said I wore jeans and a jacket to Oh, for, for God's sake. Bowl. Yeah, I guess. I wanted to play it cool too. You know, he's a right. rock star and everything. Like, you don't want to play all your cards. <laughs> and he was, and, and then, and then, um, so there was no alone time at that point. And then finally, you yeah. guys, you guys the next finally, day. next day you went out. The next day, um, that night we spent like so many hours, just eight hours or something, all of us together. And him and I were just by each other's side. And he asked me the next day to go to a Dodgers game. Now, I don't know my, baseball for my football you know like just <laughs> me too a little bit unaware um but i'm not a real man comes to <laughs> right comes to sports um but i was very excited to go have alone time with him and i felt butterflies i woke up early and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna wear? And I remember my friend from the previous night, my cousin, we were all having, you know, lunch in my hotel room and I was like giddy and it it was just like a feeling i hadn't felt in a long time and it just was from the uphill from there you know what's hot to me see this is where i'm jealous of nick the first like i'm dating you 
and you know, I'm playing it cool, whatever. Then I bring you to one of my concerts. That seals the deal. I know <laughs> you're going to bed with me. I mean, that's <laughs> it. I know it. I know it. I know I'm done. I know it's done. Oh, I yeah. could, I, that's was so that it? Did you go to the, did you go to the concert to see Nick perform? Mm, when does he, not, when does he pull that move? Like a month in or so. Oh, a month. Yeah, oh, a month in or so. We were, was that hot by then? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you laughing? Why was that so hot? Because let me live through oh, uh, Nick at so this point. Hot. It's why so is it so hot? What happened? And I love, and people who know Nick and you're obviously your audience will know Nick. They're been, you know, part of pop, American pop culture for such a long time, global pop culture right. for such a long time. But the, the thing to know about my husband is he's very, um, he's not a man of many words. He doesn't, you know, scream for attention. He's not. Like he's he's quiet. He doesn't need a lot of space. Oh boy! But when he gets on stage, comes to life. It's like <laughs> you know he it, the whole stadium is him. It's right. like his energy permeates through people. They're singing lyrics to songs he wrote when he was thirteen. What? Right. Right. He's singing them now. That it's crazy. Power? It's, it, and he's just such a, he's, he's vocally phenomenal. I just, I love watching him and them, um, perform. I'm like one of his biggest fans. I just love the music. I think there's such a joy and hope to everything that they put out there. They're all about family, community. It's just, it's awesome. It's an aphrodisiac. You must have gone oh, home and ripped yes. his clothes off, right? You made love to him that night, didn't you? <laughs> Admit I refuse it. to tell you that. Yeah. Oh, I know you did. You don't even have to say anything. I Good. know you. Good. I'm telling you. Is it? Don't you think? I would think dating a musician too is hot because does he ever say to you, "Honey, um, I just wrote a song about you"? Yes, the first it, time he did that, Howard. Yes. Now. Oh my God! Right. That was a good night for him. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, I'd write a song to you every night, baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> Even if it was a crappy song, I'm going to um, present it to you. This happened super soon, actually, like three days in or something. So I think Nick, see, he, wow. knew, he knew. He knows so what he he's tells doing, me this guy. After our Dodgers um, stadium date, um, he goes to me, I'm at the studio tomorrow if you want to just drop in with your friend, oh. you know, like. <laughs> with a friend. With a friend, yeah, just casually. <laughs> great. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going to bring my friend and I'll drop into the studio. So we drive up and I'm like, okay, where's the studio? I walk in and this guy is conducting a 20 person gospel choir. Here you go. To, for a musical that he wrote, not just the music to, but the script right. of as well. That's it. Yeah. Pants yeah. off. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, take your pants can off. Do that. Nick Jonas can do that. It's insane. Well, look what you got to do to get a Priyanka Chopra in your bed. You got to start writing 20 pieces. Well, she uh, won't facts. even accept a date right. to the White House. Uh, she played it pretty right. good, too. I did. I played it cool, didn't I? Well, I did. And when, when, when your husband, or he's not even your husband at that point, three days in, he knows you and he says, listen, I wrote a song to you. Are you, where are you in the, are you, where are you? 
when he announces to you that he's written a song about you? Where are you? So the best place to listen to music is in the car when you listen to it for the first time, when you listen to a song because the acoustics are just amazing. So we're driving, I think, to lunch. Uh, I think it was Beverly Hills Hotel or something. Um, And he goes, play what I wrote today. It's like, cool. And he still plays music exactly like this. He's like, yeah, was in the studio, just like, I'm going to play something from today. Cool, cool, cool. Plays this song and uses words and phrases that are very me um, and phrases that I've used. And I didn't want to presume it, so I didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's an awesome song. And he was like, yeah, does it sound familiar? And I was like, it's a few words. He's like, well, I wrote this for you. And he explained to me that day, um, God, I'm talking about Nick a lot. You really made me unpack a lot. Of yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, we're covering your whole life. Oh, no. I don't know when I'll see you again. I oh, gotta go. I, got, I have a million questions. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> limiting myself. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I want. I want to know because this is a fantasy. <laughs> this is great. I would do this if I had any talent to sing. I would do this. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. pretty romantic. You're in awesome. the car. All the song had all these phrases that you use and this and that. Yeah, and you I start tearing up. No, because I didn't want to presume that it was for me or about me. Right. Um, and I just said it was a really good song. And he asked me if it was familiar. And I said a few things on like things I've said to you. And he said, and this is what was the seal, the deal, I think. He said, look, I'm not a man of too many words, but my songs will be my love songs, my, lo- uh, my love letters to you. And, wow. you know. That's, that's pretty not a fucking bad good. Line, yeah. yeah that's a <laughs> good one. Are my love letters to you. <laughs> and then you guys got engaged after two months of dating, <laughs> which is <laughs> unbelievable. How unbelievable is that? Married five months later. Yeah. Hey, vey. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to you almost five years later now. Wow, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy that they get to, in this day and age. You figure live, live together two years. See what's going on. No, what you got to lose when you know, you know, like, you know, yeah. I think we're adults, you know, we've both been doing this, our careers, our jobs, which takes a lot out of you. And, you know, you're in a public profession. It's like you have two lives. One is your public, one is your personal life. And we've both been doing it for more than two decades. Um, and you know, you reach a point where you're like, I'm ready to build my family, my legacy, my life, my home. Where do I come back to when I go to work? You know, living out of suitcases yeah. and stuff in hotels is fascinating. Tour buses, trailers, whatever. But the joy to come back home to your home is just, and to have roots. And I think we were both there. You sound really together. I tell you, <laughs> I couldn't be married to you. I see you in this citadel with this guy. <laughs> I mean... Does Nick get jealous? He's got to get jealous. I can listen. I mean, he has a song the, that says he does, but I don't know. <laughs> he did wrote his, he wrote a song saying he's jealous when you were Not on the set. Not of me. This wasn't. This was way before me. I don't know who you wrote yeah. that. But um, I think that I'm sure he does. I think all of us do. I mean, I get jealous, but um, sure. it's it's absolutely normal. But I think he, him and I have a very healthy confidence and faith in each other um that we've been able to build and um sounds you know, good i don't feel insecure in the you know i've caught his fans bras and passed them along <laughs> you know what i mean like listen i have a security and he makes me feel secure and i hope i'm able to do the same with him 
Well, I'll tell you the truth. If I was Nick, I'd put bars around your windows. But I really would. I just you're used to it. <laughs> you know what it's like. Boy, the two of you, man, that is something. And now you got this thing on Amazon that I think is going to be huge. I I mean, huge in a big way. I mean, I know this stuff. You know I this know stuff. this stuff. I knew Dancing with the Stars would be a hit. What do you think of that? Oh, boy. <laughs> you right. did, huh? I did. Damn wow. right. Everyone knows it. Robin knows it. Everyone knows it. <laughs> yeah. I, I called that him. shot. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, it's a fabulous show. And uh, I think that uh, I think for many, many years you will be doing this character. Oh, I really, yay. truly do. Yes, yeah, I it really do. So much fun. So much action. Robin, have you seen it, too? I've oh, yeah. seen the three first three episodes, and now I'm stuck waiting. Oh. Robin is a big yenta. She sees everything. Yay, amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm Priyanka. not kidding. I was like, right away, she's the guy. You know, like, usually it's a guy, girl following a guy, and yeah. he's getting her out of trouble. I'm like, she's the one. She's she the guy. knows what's going yeah. on. And I buy you as an action star. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I buy it. it. It was very convincing. And uh, it was, it's great. It, it, I think everyone will love it. And uh, and tonight you're going to the Met Gala, but you were nice enough to come in this early in the morning. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to take a nappy when uh, you got to take a nap. I'm, I'm when thinking, you get all right, home. help me with this, both of you. Okay, tell me what yes. to do. So I have to Absolutely. start glam. It, this shit takes forever. It's going to be like three or four hours or whatever. Why but, does it? Uh, wait, Priyanka. You're a gorgeous woman. What are you? Why is it three or four hours? Because I don't like plan? to be stressed. I want to have a mimosa. I want to get up, walk around. I want to wear a robe. You know, get my nails did, listen to music, get my hair right. done. Like I like to have a fun atmosphere before going into a car. This Met Gala is a big fun. deal. It's a big deal to you. I think it's a big deal to people. I mean, it's okay. a it's a I don't confluence it. of it's a confluence of fashion and art and people who come in to celebrate that. If you're I, I believe that, you know, if you're going to something, give it respect and um, I'm going to it. And, you know, people have put in a lot of effort into what I'm going to be wearing. And what are you going to be wearing? Um, I want to know. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> well, I do know. Um, I'm wearing, um, I can tell you, I guess I'm wearing Valentino tonight. And oh, Valentino. Oh, Josh. Yes. And is amazing. it, uh, what is it, uh, low cut? Is it short? What, where are we at with this? What are you displaying? It's whenever I read the, based. whenever I see What's you the on, this year? well, whenever I, I see Carl you Lagerfield. on daily, what, Carl Lagerfeld is the theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I see you on daily mail, it's always like Priyanka Chopra displays her I know, beautiful abs. Male loves to talk about women's bodies in their, oh, yeah. in their headlines. Absolutely. It's, it's so crazy. <laughs> That's why are like I read it. Crazy. But it always, they always go, Priyanka Chopra is displaying her long legs. You know, it's like they flash. What will you tone yeah, abs? Well, I focus on the toned. Yeah. What will you be flashing in your, your Valentino tonight <laughs> uh, as you honor us? Confidence, Howard. Confidence. What, what is the dress? What attracted you to this dress? Um, I think Pier Paolo is extremely um, talented, and I think his confidence is what attracted me to this dress, his vision. I think it is um, as dramatic as I am, and yet at the same time as, you know, classic as I like to be. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun. Let me, let me leave something for tonight. <laughs> All right. And, and, and Nick's going to accompany you, I assume? Yes. Yes. He and he'll be miserable, right? Because <laughs> what guy wants to go to the Met Gala, right? I, I think. I don't know. No, it, he's the best company to have, honestly. We, I love 
going, it's so great to be married to someone who gets this and knows the, the thing of, you know, these parties and the after parties and the, you know, so cause we have each other to talk about everyone too. So it's thank, like, it's great. Priyanka, thank God you never married me. Oh, you would learn what misery is. You would hear a guy go, what oh, the fuck no. is with these people? Oh, Priyanka, I would never stop complaining. <laughs> my, will you? No, my husband's you, great. He handles my train you, and everything. I want you to be, I know. I know. Will you be uh, be honest with me? Will you make fun of other celebrities' outfits if you see somebody in a ridiculous Nick outfit? Nick and I will. We do. Yes. You will. Yes, you will sit do. there in the corner and go, oh, my God. If you see you us talking to each other at, at after parties, probably what we're discussing. Good for you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I, that would be the most fun, sit there and, so and, and, and what is the food at the Met Gala? Chicken fingers, uh, I imagine, or something? No, what, it's, what it's catered. It's catered yes. and it's protein and yeah i don't know who, what it's going to be tonight but it's usually very good um, do you know anybody else going too much i know, you know i know a few people that are going yes who are we excited about being in our dress and going and hanging with um i'm excited to see my friend mindy kaling i think she's going tonight um right. i have um i think florence Pugh's going um who's oh, also yeah. going with valentino i think she's going to be gorgeous she always brings her best fits um uh, an Indian actor friend of mine, Alia Bhatt, is coming in her first time. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, a bunch of friends. Oh, it's going to be some night. <laughs> oh, my God. What a life you're having. <laughs> no wonder you were sick of the, la the last time you were supposed to come in. You're, you're, you're doing it all. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm so blessed, so grateful that I have the job that I have. I mean... People have to do a lot of difficult things to survive. Yep. And I am very lucky. I get to play act I'm for a living you. and we get to talk to each other and, you know, it's our job and just, I am grateful every day. Is Meghan Markle going tonight? That's your, that's one <laughs> of your good friends. I you know, no you no, spoke to her. I When's the last no time idea. you talked to her? Give me some gossip on that. I'm not going down that oh, road. Oh, yeah. Nope. I got to hang with you. Yeah. Tell that then Nick, maybe. Um, We'll chat. I might hang with you guys. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like I should be that. in on this. I think you would be a great hang, Howard. I really do actually really? think we should hang. I need to where get you out of your house. Yeah. We where, need to go out. Where could I take you that you would leave your house and feel comfortable going to? Well, we'll go. You'll come over to my house. No, no. We have to get you out of the house. Oh. Where are we going? Uh, Set the maybe scene. let's. Nah, we don't have to get together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You got enough friends. You don't need me. Yes, Trust me. Really. The fantasy of me is much better than the reality. I'm telling you. If you don't want to come to my house, you can come to my backyard. I could definitely barbecue. I mean, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'd love you a barbecue know who, in your backyard. That'd be a great story. Even your sister-in-law is Sophie Turner the, from Game yeah. of Thrones. That even that's fun. Like that's crazy. <laughs> I right? The J sisters. Don't you guys call yourselves the J sisters? We don't. People do. Oh, they do. Yeah. I call you that. Okay. Bring yeah, over the J sisters too to my house. <laughs> yeah. Have well, you met listen. them? The other? Uh, have you met Danny and um, Sophie? No, no, I don't know them. Girls. I don't know what. I'm very sheltered. Yeah. I only know Jimmy Kimmel, and that's it. He's cool. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Well, listen. Priyanka Chopra, what a pleasure meeting you. Uh, you. I mean, uh, you're delightful. And Such what a, a life. meeting you.
And, you know, you seem grounded for somebody who's been beautiful her whole life and guys are following you home and your father's putting bars on the windows and <laughs> all that. of a sudden you're in the movies and beauty pageant. I mean, you do seem like a, a very well-grounded person. Thank you. I, I hope to always be that, you know. And the TV show, I'm not bullshitting. You know, a lot of times everyone knows I bullshit about uh, TV shows, whether they're good. This one's actually really good. You How can are catch they going to buy it, though, if you bullshit about the other ones then? How do know, we know the this problem. is real? <laughs> because you know what, Robin and I have already discussed the episodes and what we that's saw right. on them. We, we spent time we talking really about it. Talked so. about yeah. them okay, off okay. the air, <laughs> off the air. Hey, it, it, and and your new movie's coming out too, yes. which we're we're sort of not promoting, but that is coming out. <laughs> no, we should promote. It's called Love Again. It comes out May fifth. It's Celine Dion's acting debut. Uh, and now let me ask you, how did she from Celine Dion in this movie, which we haven't had for a really long time? Did you hang with Celine Dion or is it strictly just you it were was, in the movie together? It was really COVID time that time. And um, right. I think uh, Celine had some health um, things at that point. But we didn't get to spend as much time together. But we, she's so talented in this movie. Um, Sam Hewen is in it, who you obviously said. My um, wife. wife. Oh, loves. I wish my wife was here. She <laughs> talks about that guy's ass. Sam Hewen. <laughs> she's like, oh, Sam Hewen. I go, oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> I, I, I hate oh, that she no. thinks he's hot. But it's it's such a cute, uh, amazing movie. Love again. And to be able to have both of these characters, which are completely the opposite of each other, at the same time is cool. I love movies where it's two hot people <laughs> and they like this, they hate each other at the start. Then they kind of like each other. And then some shit happens where they hate each other. And then the guy comes back and marries her. Is that the movie? Eh, well, we don't, I don't know about marriage, but it's about right. finding love again. Oh, I love <laughs> it. That's a right up his alley. <laughs> you will love, I really actually do think you will love it. Both of you. Ooh. Oh, I will. Oh, oh, yes. I, first of all, Robin knows I'm a sucker for these kind of movies. This <laughs> oh, is what I like. It's ridiculous. It's so yeah, crazy. I, I so love cute. love movies. I watch the Hallmark Channel, believe it or not. Listen, me too. I, I love it. Me too. I love a good cry sometimes. And like that's feeling I like, like yes, warm and fuzzy. I, that's why I like hearing your romantic story with Nick. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. He when we loves have friends that. when we have friends over, we go, What's your love story? It's our first question. We want to hear it. Yeah. It's exciting. You know? I've seen all three kissing booths. That's how feminine <laughs> I am. All right. All right, listen, Priyanka. You did it. You came in here, you got the big Met Gala tonight, but you spent some time with us. We wish you the best of luck with love again yes. with that hot guy. <laughs> I bet you he was very turned on in your love scene. <laughs> it's so clinical, man. It's really Stop not. It. I swear Stop to God. Like, I don't believe people, you. I mean, I actually don't want to say that because I want you to believe it's real. So I'm not going to burst Listen, that bubble. <laughs> I made a movie. And every yes. scene I had with hot women, I was aroused. <laughs> now, I mean, not in an obvious way. I mean, I try to keep it under control, but once I was, was turned on. Oh, no. was, once was pretty obvious. Oh, no. Once was pretty obvious. Yeah, there was no, I was turned on. I mean, it Let's is just difficult. Say my co-actors were a lot more professional, Howard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't ever be in a movie with me. Don't be in a movie with Howard yeah. Stern. I'm still aroused from that movie, and I did it like 20 years ago. When did I do that movie? I don't know how long ago it was, there you but go. You, you understand. Yeah. Um, do you have an intimacy coordinator on set? If I was on a movie with you, I would insist on one because. Uh, but we always do. Like all movies yeah. have one now. So it's do you clear watching. the set? 
when you're doing a love scene with a guy, you clear the set? My parameters are actually really like clear. Um, and yeah, you don't want to be, you know, slightly un, basically like naked or naked ish with 500 people on set. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah. make it as less as possible on the minimal crew. And everyone's so professional. People have been doing this shit for so long. I mean, I'm never naked on, on set, but people have seen like this, this crew has seen like naked people. So, you know, it's really, that's why I'm saying it's so clinical because it's never really so insane with me. I know you're not a psychiatrist, but why am I so immature where it's not clinical? <laughs> I mean, uh, what's wrong with me? You need to do I'm, it I'm more at the often. age. I guess that's what it is. need to make more movies, Howard Stern. (laughs) I do, I do. (laughs) Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Yes. Uh, Catch a new episode of Citadel every Friday on Prime Video. I promise you will love it. And go see Love Again. And thank you for coming in. And uh, I say take a nap. Right? That's what I was going to ask. Facial nap. Uh, nap. Mm. Can't you nap while Robin's facial? thinking. Yeah, yeah first they of really all, like do the thing, man. Oh, no. really? Facial, like, lymphatic best? stuff is. Uh, uh, listen to me. I have a thought on this. Okay, I'm being serious. To, okay. Facials are bullshit. No, I think they're, they're not. bad. You, nope, they are. It's bad for your face. They rub all that crap on you. I end up breaking out from these. Uh, I tried it once years ago. Oh, we need Anything to get you to the help. right facial because right. they are game changing, amazing really? before a carpet. Um, and you know, if I take a nap, I might wake up swollen. So I don't know. Can't I'll keep you, you posted on what my, what I do. Can't you fall asleep during the facial? Like maybe get in a comfortable position? I and do all the time. I don't I know. Mean, my I facials really are painful, until they man. start all that other oh. that, uh, that stuff. stuff yeah. is like, yeah. I yeah. What are they, are they, are they squeezing out, uh, the pimples and things? <laughs> is that what they're doing? With the, that's <laughs> well, what if I you need that, then, Yes, people, I mean, <laughs> people do that too, but right. whatever they need to do to get your face at its tightest, you know, prettiest, most snatched best. I don't know. You're very snatched. You don't need to be snatched. You look good to me. I mean, I'm looking at you now. So you're saying nap. Take a nap. You say nap. nap I'm kind of leaning towards that. You're going to be grumpy. Then you're not going to want to stay out late. It's your big night. That's what I think. I'm not going to want to stay out late if I don't nap. So I think I might nap too. This is a good conversation. Thank you for sacrificing your morning (gasps) and giving us all this time. Well, I had to make up for not coming last time because, you know, I was really, really sounding super congested and had to go for that premiere and it was a long so thank you for being understanding of it. No, absolutely. And you need to, here's what you ought to do. You leave here, eat lunch. Definitely. That's happening. Have a lunch. Yeah. And I mean a quick lunch. Don't don't waste time. Don't waste time. Go home. Mm-hmm. Nap a good hour. Okay. That's what it, I think. Gonna... I'm not going to want to stay out late if I don't no. nap. So I think I might nap too. This you is a good conversation. Thank you for sacrificing your morning <gasps> and giving us all this time. Well, I had yes. to make up for not coming last time because, you know, I was really, really sounding super congested and had to go for that premiere and it was a long. So thank you for being understanding of it. No, absolutely. And you need to, here's what you ought to do. You leave here. Eat lunch. Definitely. That's happening. Have a lunch. Yeah. And I mean a quick lunch. Don't, okay. don't waste don't time. Don't waste time. Go home. Mm-hmm. Nap. A good hour. Okay. And don't go through this whole emotional thing. I got to fall asleep. I got to fall asleep. I got to fall asleep. Whatever like- happens. Close your eyes for an hour. Okay. All right. Then you'll get up. We'll start to glam you up. We'll do your hair, right? That's mm-hmm. first. 
What do together, you do together? I do together. Everything. I think everything. How many? Together. How long does that take? An hour or two? Well, you could take an hour. You could take four hours. People, I'm I'm usually mm. impatient, but today is a little bit more elaborate, so it might take. That's why I'm saying I like to have a mimosa. I like to have music, so it becomes like a fun experience. Do people put you into this dress, or do you get dressed by? Like in other words, do you? Is someone going to lower you there into this days, dress? There are days. There are outfits where I've had to be lowered into, but today is not one of them. Nice. No, no. Oh, Pierre Paolo was like, girl, you need to be comfortable. You need to look your best. I was like, you are king. That's amazing. I should be videoing this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get over there. I know. I mean, videoing you getting ready for oh, the, yeah. for the yeah. preparation. Yeah. <laughs> no, All right, there listen. are some things people should not see. <laughs> not everything is for consumption. I hear you. <laughs> uh, Priyanka, thank you. Thank you. And uh, listen, even though we learned your parents threw you out of the house at a young age, you've, you've survived. They hated, they hated spending time with me. I don't want to be in the shrink's office when you realize that that was a fucked up thing, not a good thing. Oh, no. But uh, it's but you'll you'll you got time. You got time. Uh, thank you for being here. And, thank you for uh, having me. And good luck at that Met Gala. I want you to look your best. Take not that trip. Tap. <laughs> right. Don't trip. Don't trip. Oh no. I know. Thanks, yeah, Priyanka. I won't trip. Thank you, guys. Thank this you, This was so much fun. Thank you. It's Thank so good you. to see you and so spend time with you. Thank you, guys, for a great conversation. Same. Bye, Priyanka. Bye. I'm going to be thinking about bye you bye. at the Met Gala <laughs> while I'm schnoozing. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll be sleeping while she's at the Met Gala. I don't know why any human being would want to go to that thing, but <laughs> women love it. My wife even says to me, why don't you take me to the Met Gala? I go, because nobody invited me. They ain't looking for me there. Thank <laughs> I God. I'm going to try to get an invitation. Yeah. <laughs> no. She goes, yeah, shouldn't you be invited? I go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, we are here in Miami. We are, uh, as you know, as you heard in the first two hours of the show, which was 100 hours ago, um, the boys are down here. They were partying. Turning and- Miami upside down. Yeah, if you're in Miami and you see a big traffic jam, it's because my guys are walking around <laughs> and uh, having fun in the sun. 